Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today I sit down with Ashley Como and enjoy some Vespers. Ashley has worked in so many roles in the entertainment industry, in acting, writing, producing, casting, festivals, and directing. She's no stranger to performing on stage. She's a Second City Main Stage alumni, a member of the all-female award-winning She the People cast, and performs internationally with her sketch and improv troupe, Lusty Mannequins. You've seen her on screen acting in shows like The Boys, Odd Squad, Degrassi, and Tall Boys. And she's done a ton of work behind the camera as well, writing for shows like YTV's The Zone and the reality cooking competition show Chef In Your Ear, producing shows like the very spooky Paranormal 911 and Taunted Hospital. And she worked as the creative consultant on CBC's hit comedy show Tall Boys. She even created Mama City Improv Festival, an annual international improv comedy festival which she puts on in Cape Town. South Africa every year. You can see her live performing comedy online in Girls' Night In, a hilarious internationally acclaimed virtual comedy show featuring female performers. For information on how to watch, head to GNIshow.com. When I had the idea for this podcast, Ashley was one of the first people I reached out to for advice. I didn't even know her well at the time, but she's one of those people who makes you feel instantly safe, validated, and cared about. She has this gift for seeing people's genius and convincing them of it. Seriously, she encourages and fights for everyone around her, and knowing her is a privilege. She's also brilliant artistically and has such an eye for how to put any creative project together. It's my secret dream to be directed by her one day. I admire her so much, both as a person and a creative professional, and it of course leaves me so insanely intimidated by her, despite how welcoming and wonderful she is. So as soon as I officially got this podcast up and running, I knew from the very beginning that she was the perfect guest to have on my 30th episode, my season one finale. So Ashley is a bisexual actor, writer, improviser, producer, and a woman I admire immensely. Ashley. Hi, Amanda. I'm so happy to have you here today. I wore red lipstick for you. I forgot to tell you. I did. I was like, you are the queen of red lipstick. Like, you really, truly are. I was like, I have to wear it for this episode I have to say, you know, a harsh lip distracts from a tired eye. So (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. You heard it it here, folks. You heard (laughs) it here. Um, I am so, I keep saying, like, I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled. I feel like the meaning of the words have completely been lost. But I am so honored to have you as my 30th episode, my finale episode. I could not ask for anyone better. I'm just so, I feel so grateful to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. So wait, does this mean that you're turning 30 soon? So I turned 30 this year in April and I was like, originally I did want to be like, before I turned 30 and then I was like this is not going to be able to happen it's in (laughs) the year of 30 it's all in the year it's all this stuff so happy birthday today thank you so much you know what I wouldn't mind if this was my birthday because it's Friday the 13th (gasps) it's a good day it's a good day Mm -hmm. it's a good day specifically to record with you too because I just I I feel very like um like witchy vibes between yes. us like I love yes. that I know I know you do too so can't even talk I'm so excited you know I've got skeletons and ghosts and ravens on the wall 
we are in the right place. I love it. I love that ghost picture. I know you posted on Instagram and said, um, like your caption was something like, you are like, no, you're loved, you're loved, you're wanted. And I'm like, look at these little ghosts. Like it's so dark and loving. That's like, yeah. So that's an artist named Angela Dean. And you know who gave me that? One of your previous guests, um, Nicola Dempsey. Nicola. That's up on the, the old wall. Um, oh. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. She does, um, this artist does ghost pictures. I believe she paints ghosts over the bodies of people in real photos. Um, <laughs> so those amazing. are just two ghosts walking on the beach with roses in their mouths. Oh my God, they're beautiful. They're pretty sweet. See, guys. Nicola, another another person that I would say like, oh, like dark, witchy, loving. Big you time. Know? Big like, time. Oh, which is my favorite kind of person. And today we are drinking, okay, so we are drinking a Vesper, which I'm mm-hmm. so excited you chose this. When I was Googling the recipe, it said um, like James Bond martini. Yes. So the James Bond martini has Lillet in it. And the mm. Lillet is this um, French liqueur. Um, it's kind of citrusy, hence the lemon twizzle. Um, I've never had this before. So you sent me, you graciously sent me all of the drinks that your past guests had drank. And I'm like, God damn it. All of my favorite drinks are on this already. Gin from the Dempsey's and Guinness and a potic red from Coco and tea. And scotch. Alice scotch. took scotch on you. Yeah. Yes. And, and even Connie with, um, uh, fizzy water. I'm like, yes. Jesus, there's nothing. So I'm like, you know what? Let's have a Vesper. Let's have a little prayer. Um, I have no idea if it's good. This is the recipe for anyone yeah, yeah. who wants to follow Give it home. Give it to us. It's, yeah. Three ounces of gin. <laughs> yeah. One ounce of vodka and half an ounce, but I made it a full ounce of Lillet. <laughs> and you shake it over ice and you give it a little lemon twizzle. Um, that sounds naughty and maybe it is. Maybe it um, is. And maybe it's drink of <sighs> shit. And maybe, and maybe it's amazing. I mean, I will say once I started putting in all the alcohols, like I... It's a full glass and it is. This is all alcohol. Yeah, the whole thing is alcohol. Look at your straw and your lemon. Like you are just the most wonderful, classy, gorgeous, thoughtful human being in the entire fucking world. You really, really are. Nah, man, I'm just mirroring you. I'm just mirroring (laughs) you. Oh my God. Should we try this James Bond? Let's just like take it from him and now it's just going to be ours. Cheers, my love. Cheers. Here we go. Look, my my drink is sweating like I am. Okay. I took a big, (laughs) took a big drink. It's it's Bernie. It's Bernie. I don't mind it I don't mind it either I don't know if I would pay you know $75 at a Toronto bar for one of these exactly it's a good recipe to make at home it is mine's very cold like my fingers hurt from holding it um it's so cold but I think that adds you know what's nice about it it's not like I guess when you put in all these strong personalities they sort of just equal each other out because I'm not tasting too much of anything yeah Talking except, like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Except. And you know what? I'm buying it. I am buying the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> Vespers with Amanda. <laughs> oh, Vespers. Kudos to Como. I love it. Kudos Need to Como. Little, oh, that's a fun name. That is a great thing. Need a little prayer? Have a drink. <laughs> oh, seriously. This is actually good. And I'm not lying because I could just say, Bleh, but this is wonderful. I mean, I, I have backup Raven wine <laughs> below me. So don't worry. Or, just in case. 
or you know we're still recording and and I am a bit parched after yeah. I down this doozy. Yeah, yeah. You I just need dump to go it on the ground slow. and you're like, oh. yes, absolutely. We'll just sip and we'll go slow. Um, I would just slip. Sip, I can't even talk. Sip and go slow. <laughs> slip and go so. That's what it is. Okay, I am. I am so thrilled to dive in and ask you all about Ashley today. You were actually the first person I ever reached out to to seek advice about this podcast in 2016. Can you believe that? I think at that time it was a blog idea. I remember yes. we were at work. We were oh. at work and you were chatting about it, and I was like, "This is a great idea." You're so amazing. You make people feel comfortable. You get them all giggly and fun, even if they've had, you know, a day. And Aww. and you're just so warm and loving and, and playful. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. Well, you – well, honestly, right back at you. And we have very similar haircuts. I went a little shorter recently, mm. and we'll see how – we'll let it grow out. Um, I'm not yeah. sure yet. You know what I mean? There's that – with our haircut, I feel like there's that thing. Like, oh, it's a little too short. Oh, man, I should have gone shorter. Like, you're just not – there's Fair. a happy middle, you know? When did you get it done? So, I got it done today. It's Friday. I got it done on two days ago. Oh, amazing. So it's okay. fresh. Oh, still new. It's a baby. It's a newborn. And basically, yeah. she said, like, we'll do it a little shorter uh, in case there's a second lockdown. And then you're good for a while. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's kind. I was like, sure. That's planning. I love a good plan. Um, enough about me. Who cares? I do. About you. I know, and I that's why, really and that's care. why I care about you. I know, because you're just so you. You truly are. You okay? So yes, you were like the first person. You're also like one of the most purely encouraging and supportive human beings I've ever met in my entire life. Plus, as the criteria fits of the podcast, I admire the fuck out of you, and I am so intimidated by your amazingness. I was like the whole time, the whole time I was doing this, I was like, I, I really hope that Ashley will be my finale episode. And my partner, Rompton, around like episode maybe like 22, he's like, you should really schedule her. Like, what if she's not available for the 30th because you waited too long? So I'm just so glad that you're here. Oh my gosh. Here. Oh, yeah. well, you give Rompton my love and, and I'll oh. always make time for you, for him and you, of oh. course. Well, and, oh. and it's COVID. What are any of us doing? Right. We should be inside. Very fair. Not, Very fair. Not to date the podcast, but this is where we are currently in history. Yeah. I also don't think it's going to date it. Like, it's going to be a while. Fair. <laughs> I think, fair. you know. Okay. I want to ask you sort of a weird question. Okay. Yes. So, me, this is completely me projecting and putting myself in your shoes. Okay. okay. So, mm -hmm. here I am. I, like, ask you about advice for this podcast, right? I'm like, who, this is the list of people I'm thinking like, this is what I want to do, blah, 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 blah. And then I record 29 or maybe like 26, seven episodes. Mm -hmm. And I don't ask you to be a guest. Does that uh -huh. ever cross your mind? Is that such an egotistical question? Because it would cross my mind. And I'm just wondering if it ever crossed your mind. It weird? definitely did. I'm a human. <gasps> did it? Yeah. I was like, I want to do it. But, but then I'm like, I also respect that maybe it's just something that I get to enjoy, like from the peripheral. And I love, I love, love, love the episodes that I've listened to. Um, not completely done yet. But yes, I was like, oh, I want to do it. I think I even texted somebody and I just kind of like, uh, after listening to the Connie Manfredi uh, episode, I was like, I'm, I want to manifest this. I want to be on the show. But I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh, it, it hurts me not to be on it. Because I'm like, I respect that. We're not super close, like we are, but we're not. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, it's a beautiful project, and 
and of course I want to be a part of it. Of course. I'm like, I'm just putting it out there. I want to be on the show. And then when I asked, or when you asked me, I was like, holy shit. And I text that same person. I'm like, well, someone needs to check her ego and calm the fuck down. But I think that's so human. Sorry, now I'm interrupting you. What were no, you going to no. say? No, no, no. And it was just like, this, this project is for everyone. And it is so good and so lovely that I'm like, of course I want to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. It definitely crossed my mind. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I'm like, is that, that's such, it really felt like, God, this is such a selfish, egotistical question. Let's get it out of the way at the front. Because you know what I really thought from the beginning? I was like, should I just, I'm like, should I just ask her? Because she doesn't know that here I am, like, I want her as my finale, 100%. She doesn't know that. And then I was like, Amanda, she's not sitting around wondering. Like, chill out. No one's huh? thinking of this. I was. And I really didn't know, like, what's the better thing? Is it a dick move to wait the whole time if you are wondering? Or is it anyway? Or is it egotistical to even think that you're, like, thinking of the podcast? And it's during COVID. So it's a very, like, bubble mm. thing. Oh, and, like, yeah. this yeah, podcast yeah. doesn't exist past my, you know, my internet bandwidth and, like, my apartment you know what I mean so it's yeah. also it's also that well oh. it it got to, so what's interesting is like for me my my pistons are firing now because I'm like why didn't I ask you if I could be on it because Ooh. you could have said no and and I could have or you could have been like yeah yeah but at the end is that a, like we could have had or or why didn't you present these questions to me as well so I'm like yeah. this is where I'm like it's it's bigger than us in that this is just kind of how we're conditioned. Like don't, 100%. Be, rude, don't be ungrateful, but I'm also a Leo and I'm fucking egotistical. And, and, <laughs> and at the end of the day, for the, from a very hum, human point of view, it's like, I want to play. Can, can you pick me? Yeah. Um, I want to play, pick me. I want to play, uh. pick me. And so, yeah, no, no, I, it's not pretty, but it's a part of me. So yes. I definitely wanted to be on it and I'm so happy that I am now. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I also think that's a beautiful part of you and such a human part of you and natural. And I think you're totally right that the reason that neither one of us said these things is because of our own like patterns and habits, a hundred percent. And like we just did right now and mm. it didn't matter. Like I'm not yeah. like, and you're not like, or I hope you're not like, but <laughs> no, not at all. I'm like, you couldn't be even, I was like, oh, she couldn't be more wonderful of a human being. And then I'm like, oh, you proved me wrong. Here we go. You're even more wonderful. No, no, no. <laughs> You're even more wonderful because no. I'm sitting here going, oh, she, she even thought to be like, oh, what about this or what about this? Which leads oh. me to believe that you probably thought this about all of your guests and asking mm. them. So you're like, you're so caring and you're so um, conscientious of, of other people and the collective and the community and just supporting other women and men and non-binary people mm. like it just you um you give a shit about why you're here and that's very mm. important and so thank you for including me thank you for picking oh, me oh i'll pick you you want to play let's play i love it i love it love it and right back at you all of those things okay speaking of play let's start back when ashley como's just young little baby ashley como Okay. Mm -hmm. As you take a drink, I'm like, perfect timing. Yeah, it's strong, eh? It's it's, it's strong. Yeah, it's, it's a good tasting. It's yeah. just this is like an entire wedding's worth of beverages. <laughs> yeah, it's an open bar. We're drinking mm -hmm. an open bar, a hundred percent. Yes, yeah. you're praying to the open bar. Yeah, so it's a baby sip. It's not like you're having a beer. Was that a sneeze? That was so cute. No, it was like a. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> cutest sound. I'm also like, you're the most talented. You have the most wonderful voice like 
No. Oh my God. Anyway, we'll get into that. But like some, sometimes when I called Second City, if I was frustrated, I was just like, oh my God, listen to her on the voicemail. Like she's <laughs> so fucking wonderful. I just would get so happy. Okay. Back when Ashley Como. Baby. Okay. Baby. So you knew that you wanted to be a performer, like from when you were a little girl, like six or seven, right? When yes. you were like new. Okay. So what part of the entertainment industry or about performing was so like alluring to you? Great question. Oh, thanks. Um... I think it's multi-layered. Mm. Um, I would say that I knew I wanted to be an actor even before I knew what the words were. Mm. Like I grew up watching Today's Special with, you know, that mannequin Jeff and all that. Mm-hmm. So there's this video of my grandfather getting his first camcorder and he's like, Ashley, what are you doing? And I'm literally like going like this. And he goes, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and my, you know, my brother almost died when he was born. It was like a whole thing. And, you know, kids don't understand that. They're just like, why aren't you over here? And like what's going on? What's, what mm. is this? And so my grandfather was very good at like incorporating all three of the siblings. Anyway, mm. he's like filming me just like not moving. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm being a lady, a mannequin lady. <laughs> and that's what I thought like performing was. And mm. I liked, I liked the way I felt when I watched television and movies mm. and I wanted to do that. Um, and eventually grow to, I wanted to spread that feeling that whether it's escapism or poignant thought provoking pieces or whatever. So I've always wanted to storytell. I've always mm-hmm. wanted to storytell and play. Mm-hmm. And um, I think also growing up in a not so surprising, interesting family dynamic as a comedic actor, mm-hmm. um, humor was a deflect. And humor was when, when I got my first laugh from my second cousins and my uncles, from the adults, from the elders. I was like, mm. oh, holy shit. There was a power and there was a, I can take a breath from the not so great stuff mm. because I can ride this wave. And so I've been chasing it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> that one best wave. Oh, I love that. What was like, what was the, um, what was the dynamic with, I know you have a brother and a sister. So what was the mm-hmm. dynamic with you three? Like what roles did you guys sort of take on with each other? Um, growing up, there mm-hmm. was, which definitely feeds into, oh, you're getting deep into the psyche. I also did therapy <laughs> today so and watched and watched Grey's Anatomy. So I'm like crying oh, and you're open in and like, I'm you fucking, are ready. I'm a suburban <laughs> nightmare. Um, <laughs> and, and like I said, dressed like a Democrat's wife from an early 90s film. You look so... Um, so fu- I know I said this before recording. Like that dress looks so good on you. That color, the, the cut, cobalt. the co- cobalt, cobalt. Um, cobalt. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, brother sister dynamic. Mm-hmm. So growing up, they were kind of Irish twins. Like nine months, and then my mom was pregnant again. Mm. Um, we're Irish ancestry, so I feel I can say that. I'm not <laughs> no slag on the Irish. Um, uh, and so they were, you know, really, really close. And I was three and four years older than them. Mm. Um, and like a loser. Like <laughs> mm. I, I liked rules and I liked um, uh, grades and I liked, I didn't love reading. Like I wasn't a book or like I didn't, there was nowhere, I was a drifter a bit. Mm. I liked to like hang out beside adult conversations or mm. um, just explore on my own or like, it's like if Stand By Me was like one girl. <laughs> That's kind of like 
That's kind of my situation. Just keep me away from the leeches, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, you know, as you, high school was like a reinvention as it is for most mm. people. And I learned that um, the anxieties and the things that I felt I could channel through being social and being extroverted. Mm. So whereas deep down it would be like, oh, I feel very anxious about every fucking thing but mm. if I can distract or laugh or bamboozle not in a in a taking way but in a um, the musical Chicago is popping into my head like <laughs> razzle dazzle like ah then you'll never see like the abject fear that I'm going to shit yeah. myself soon so yeah. when when we grew now my brother and I are super close he's in the industry as well he's an amazing mm. musical theater artist um, and my sister is an amazing singer who also um, assistant manages a hair salon in Milton. She's no got three boys. And so so we're, we're much more close now mm. as individuals, with individuals. But as mm-hmm. kids, it was very us versus, well, me versus them. Us. I was like, oh, I could see in your eyes you're about to be like, well, I guess I wasn't uh, in the us. Oh. Um, also, like, sad sack story. Just, yeah. I'm in it now, ladies sad and gentlemen. Sad sack it. Yeah. Sad sack it. Um, I had a twin that died. So there's this whole like thing of like us versus them of like Mm. this kind of thing. And my my mother didn't end up telling me till I was around 16 years old. So there was this like, you know, when you wake up in the morning after a fresh breakup and you feel like, oh, what a beautiful, oh, there was that, that kind of like, but not knowing what it was like Mm. with a breakup, you know, you feel sad or weird because it's a breakup. But with this, it was like, maybe I'm just a weirdo, which is also true. But there was layers to it. Mm-hmm. So when that information kind of came out when I was 16, it was like, oh, no, it is. Okay. So then there's this whole like survival's, survivor guilt and everything else that comes with that. But um, it, it made sense. Like I was like, that's the thing. Oh, this is crazy making. That was the thing the entire time. But now I know. Yeah. Was it like a relief when you found out or was it like, why didn't you tell me sooner? So I didn't feel so unsure of what the answer was, I guess. Um, no, no, it it was a click. Ah. It just went, oh, like somebody set my bone back where it should have been the whole time. And I'm like, oh, "Oh." and it was no fault of my parents or no fault Mm -hmm. of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, or me for not fully knowing what that is, but it was definitely a, Oh, this, oh. Um, which is crazy. Wow. God, that's so interesting. I, you know, I wonder like, okay, I know that um, outside performing, there was the idea of like, not a, pl- not a plan B or a backup. I don't even mean that, but just there was also an interest in like, oh, I could also be a funeral director. Like there was that idea mm-hmm. and sort of, I know you've said you have like a fascination for death and for death positivity and being curious mm-hmm. about it. And I wonder being like having an ex have having multiple experiences with with death that you don't even know about or or near-death experiences like you just share with your brother like I wonder what role do you think that plays in your like natural fascination with death um I think it 
These are these are really great questions, Amanda. Thanks, Ashley. This and is what I, I need. Like, I need three different types of alcohol to ask you after how many fucking years? That's legit. You can ask anything at any time moving forward. I just want to put that out there as a caveat. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna but, re- I'm gonna play that back to myself over and over again, so I remember next week when I want to text you. God, uh, I love it. You'll be like, um, my fascination with death. Uh, well. At that moment when I was 16, it was like, aha, oh, Mm -hmm. this, like a belonging. And Mm -hmm. there, so my mother took um, uh, pregnancy tests and because she was like, I think I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. And she was 18, the poor thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And the pregnancy tests were reading for, I think, three-ish months negative because the twin was already passed. So it was reading the, the other side. And I'm just like, hey, 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 I'm over here. I'll, I'll, I'll take the test next time. Like, just I'll, growing, I'll report the test later. Yeah. And then she was in, you know, she was in college, and and um, some of your listeners might know that if if a person is really stressed, they could skip their period. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, skipped a period and then had a kind of a um, a massive um, expulsion, for lack yeah. of a better word. And it was like the body ridding itself of my twin. Um, and then she like, was like onslaught of pregnancy symptoms, like at five months, I was in there for five months. So essentially, even though I have no memory of it, obviously, but I came from death. The the closest thing that I knew was this dead thing for Mm -hmm. five months. Like, and then, you know, obviously my mother and everything else, but, um, it, I also, see the humanity side of death too, Mm. where, you know, everyone loves a party. You may not have liked the deceased, but you can have a good fucking party. (laughs) Um, And, and the human elements, like Mm -hmm. sometimes people who die are assholes, so we don't have to cry for them. Like, and like, depending on what you believe, like they're not going to know anyway, if you cried or not, if they were absolute assholes, like Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. not going to know. Not going to know. And there was, because my mom had me at 18 and her mother had had her at 18, I had the absolute privilege of growing up with the majority of my great grandparents. Mm. So as a young person, I was around death a lot because they were passing in the natural Mm. way that they did. So, you know, going to funerals and I did that 10 times over before my friends got their first one. Mm. And that's not a brag at all because it was quite (laughs) dramatic, but um, I had 10 before my friends even had one. <laughs> um, it's like the girls were like, I got to wear a bra today. Or like, I got my period today. And you're like, yeah, okay, well, fine. I buried Nana. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that wasn't even my first time I buried somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so. Humble brag over here. Humble brag. <laughs> yeah. So it, I was no stranger to it. And yeah, I fear mm-hmm. it. And yeah, I, I understand um, what limited stuff we know about it. But there is a vibrancy to knowing that there is a finality, to knowing that there is a mortality for all of us, which kind of makes you want to live more. And for me, anyway, and being there, the first time I heard this in like a Christian sense, I'm not Mm -hmm. a religious person, but in a Christian sense, when I heard like Jesus died for your sins, Jesus died so that you could da 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 da, I was like, holy Mm -hmm. shit, this literally happened to me. Like, (laughs) This person, not not so that I could, but I have mm. the opportunity to live and mm. that person didn't. And so when I feel like shit, 
or when I have anxiety or when, you know, it's a shitty day, I do honor those feelings and I am very present with that. But there is a bit of a kick in the ass of like, you get to do it. Fuck mm. off. So it's not always fun. <laughs> mm. But yeah, yeah, I almost became a funeral director. I love Six Feet Under. I love um, Order of the Good Death. I find most peace in cemeteries. Like I... I gravitate towards it because I'm a stranger to it. And mm. I wish as a society in the Western countries that I visited that we saw the humanity of death so that we could live a richer life mm. because I've seen it in other cultures. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think too, sometimes our fear of death ends up like sometimes I think we end up projecting it onto people that we see as like older or elderly. Mm -hmm. And it's almost this like, for some reason, we, I mean, in somewhat, I guess a human way, but an egotistical way, kind of like make them our mirror of our fear of death. And then it's like, well, they don't fucking deserve that. Chill. Like they're still living a great fucking life. Like, yeah. Calm yourself. Enjoy your time with them. (laughs) Like, I may be misquoting, but I think chlamydia is the highest in old folks' homes. They don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like they're having unprotected sex. They could give a fuck because they're living their best life because as mortality encroaches upon them, they're, it's really hitting them. Like lean in. Yeah. Lean in, lean in. Oh my God. Fucking love that. Go chlamydia and old folks. That's great. Fucking (laughs) right. That's so good. Um, oh, I love that. Okay. So, okay. So when you're a young girl and you're like, I want to act, but you're, you're not quite sure, like you don't have the word yet, but you know you want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. What are you sort of, I guess, when you get to the age that you're picturing your future of like, oh my God, this is what it will be like, or you're picturing, what are you picturing? Are you picturing the shows you're going to be on, or are you picturing mm-hmm. like beyond on stage? What are you picturing as a life, as an actor? In grade eight, yes. I know exactly what I was picturing. <gasps> okay, what so are what, picturing? What are we, like 13, 14? Yeah, yes, yeah. Firstly, let me preface this with what the fucking fuck do we know in grade eight? But Nada. here we are. Yeah. Nada. Nada. But but you can't tell a grade eight that. No, they hell no. They feel it. They feel it. Mm-hmm. They've seen their one Shakespeare, most likely through the lens of Baz Luhrmann, and they feel it. They fucking know. Ugh. I thought in grade eight mm. that at 19 years old, which I thought was ancient. But decades away from, from where you were. So old. Yeah, so old. I thought I would have two children. Okay, great. I thought I would be a lead in a Broadway musical. Oh, I fucking love it. Of course you would. Living in New York City. Okay. And speaking three languages. Oh, also three languages. Okay, so you're currently in Brampton, Ontario, Canada. I'm in Toronto. In Toronto. Sorry, I mean at 13. Oh, at 13. Yes, yes, yes. At 13. So you're in Brampton. You're like, I'm going to be in a different country. Yes. I'm going to have to get, you know what? The two kids doesn't surprise me because I'm thinking if you're like, well, mom and grandma did it and everyone's great. So this is it. I could, great. That seems logical to me. Yep. And -hmm. then of course you'd be like, okay, so what were you picturing? Like what show were you in? Were you picturing? I was obsessed with Thoroughly Modern Millie, like obsessed. Okay. Okay. Um, Obsessed with Sutton Foster. Oh, also I should tell you in grade eight, you have, um, like bring your kid to work day to okay. like encourage children to join the workforce or some shit. I don't know. I'm not kids. Um, and my father is a firefighter. So I wasn't yeah. able, I wasn't legally allowed to go to work with him. And right. my mom at that time was a stay at home mom. So I was like, what do I do? 
And so I signed up with my, my friend Brittany at the time to, uh, I'm saying that because at the time we did this and Brittany and I are no longer friends. So she, I'm sure she's great. Fair, yeah. Um, we signed up to shadow the mayor of Brampton. His name was Peter Robertson. Oh shit, that's cool. Fucking cool, right? Yeah. So he, he gets this rental car. He's toting these two grade eight girls around. And, you know, we're, I think we're going to a ribbon cutting at a steel factory. Okay. Brampton. Yeah. Fucking ribbon cutting on the day of bring your surrogate kid to work day. That's amazing. All this right. And you're sitting with the leader of our municipality and, and, um, I'm in the front seat. I remember this and my feet were playing with the paper on the bottom. So you didn't get mud on the carpet and they yeah. charge you extra. Yeah. And he goes, well, you know, Brittany, what do you want to do when you grow up? And she's in the back and she's like, I want to be a lawyer. Uh, I'd like to be a criminal lawyer. She always had a good head on her shoulders. Mm. And he goes, Ashley, what do you want to be? And I go, I want to be an actress. And he goes, oh, no, no. Okay, here we go. Is what he says to me. Excuse me, mayor. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Peter Robertson. Back the fuck off, Peter Robertson. He, he was like, you have to get your head out of the clouds. You have to start thinking realistically. You should probably think more along the lines like Brittany. I put my head down. And I was like, don't cry in front of the mayor. <gasps> Ashley, I want to I cry right now for you. Oh. There is some sweet, sweet vengeance. Oh, I'm excited. Not vengeance. Revenge? No. Uh, um, like, like karma? Karma. Okay, great. Cut to. I'm 19 to. years old. I'm working okay. at the local Jack Astor's, mm-hmm. Yay Brampton. I'm uh, a host at the door, and Peter Robertson is com- competing for the mayorship. These are the terms <laughs> we use, right? Yeah. Yeah, the dem- Democrat wife of the Democratic Party. What did you say? Yeah, the mayor. Go, darling. Yeah. You're going to be the And uh, he's competing against a woman named Susan Fennell. Mm. And, you know, a woman candidate in, the, in Brampton. Like, that's pretty friggin' good at that time. Mm. And Peter Robertson is having his party at Jack Astor's. And he's rented out the whole suburban restaurant. Okay. And there's balloons and things, and he's getting right-licked, like we are tonight. <laughs> he loses. <gasps> to Susan Fennell? To Susan Fennell. Yes, Susan. I'm closing the restaurant that night, mm. and he's shit-canned. His party dissipates. His aide leaves him. I have to put him into the cab home. <sighs> and I just put him into the cab. He was like, thank you. And he was, he was generous. He was like, he tipped. And he was what he was, right? He, he was fine. But I put him into the cab, and I was ready to just give him a sting of a, just a, like a Oscar Wildean fucking witty jab. Yes. You know, a true friend stabs you in the front, and I just wanted to see him bleed out. Yes. But I hadn't learned about things as a child, and I was very <laughs> angry. Um, and I looked at how crumpled he was in the back seat, mm. and how he had just lost the only thing he had ever known. And I went, ah, it all kind of came over me like a a positive, like light almost, where it was like, he did that to protect me, so to speak, Mm. because he didn't follow what was true for him. And look where he is. And so I was like, be kind. And then it was like, okay, get home. Here we are. Blah, blah, blah. So it was like sweet justice, but also like this, (gasps) support people, support people. He yeah. ruined my life for a decade. Oh. I let him, but he said that to a child. And yeah. so if you look at the fact like we're all children in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. um, why would you ever hurt a child? Mm-hmm. Monsters do that. Mm-hmm. So it was this, this active choice to be like, be kind. 
Be kind. Deal with your anger on your own and with a therapist. Mm-hmm. I love therapy. Love therapy um, so much. Oh, shout out to therapy. Shout out to therapist. I had my therapy yesterday. Just the best oh, ever. It's hey. it's a privilege and I am oh my I'm God. very happy. Is it ever? Bless. Mm. My God, it says so much, I think, also about you that that was, and at 19, like, that was what clicked for you, that it was, like, be kind. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to see this. Like, it's almost like you took away your, or you you put your feelings aside for a moment and was like, oh, I can see this a little more objectively and empathetically. And you could have easily been like, screw this dude, he projected on me and fuck him. But you didn't. You were like, ah. I mean. Like a minute before I wanted to watch him bleed in the street. <laughs> right, but fair, I'm happy, fair. I'm happy that didn't happen. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it is very much like, you know, don't... I think it's so important, or at least, at least for me, I really value, like, really figure out what is my shit and don't put that on other people because they have their own shit. And I don't mean yes. in, like, calling you up and saying, Ashley, oh my God, this this thing is my shit and I can't get out of it, blah, blah. That's different. 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 Me giving you advice that is actually for me mm. is not helpful. Like I, you know, if you're going to give somebody advice or you're going to impart wisdom, quote unquote, like fucking put your own shit aside and be empathetic or it's not helpful. Like it's not. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And sorry. Also, like, why are you telling Brittany good job on? Do you know how hard it is to get into law school? It's not like it's that likely that everyone's going to be a criminal lawyer and it'd be fine. True. I mean, I. Mean, I- we lost touch after high school, but I really hope she is a lawyer Bless now. Bless Brittany. I hope so too. Brittany, like all Hi, the Brittany. light to you. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Brittany. Great for Brittany. Also, like, you know, when people say like, oh, wow, great. You're going to be a surgeon. Like, you're going to be an actor. Oh, God. Do you know how hard that is? It's like, do you know how fucking hard it is to be a surgeon? I don't understand why you're... Do, do you know? hard. Do you know how hard it is to wake up every day as a human being knowing that your <laughs> existence is to suffer? Yeah. Fuck the fuck off, everyone. Who ca- I might as well just pick something I love. God, oh. fuck. Well, I was going to say, all right, well, Peter Robinson listened to this, but it ended up being, we had, listen, and he lost something and, you know, but also and congratulations, Susan Fennell. Yeah, he might congratulations, be. Congratulations, Susan Fennell. Also, congratulations. Peter might be dead now. I he might know. be gone. He might, maybe a drink to Peter Robinson? Uh, a, a drink to Peter Robinson and also the, um, the demons that we let haunt us and making peace with them. Oh, Ashley, that was beautiful. It's the drink. <laughs> no, you're an incredible. You're just like, oh my God. You're, you're, what? I don't know. See, I, your dialogue is like my final draft of a script. Like just what yeah. you say. And it's, it's ironic because I couldn't even get that out to say it. Okay. So now we fast forward, fast forward and you, you have so, I'm like, so, so, so much experience in so many areas of the industry. Like you oh. act, you write, you produce, you act on stage, on screen, scripted, non-script, like improv, um, reality TV, reenactment shows, sketch. Like you, you fucking, you fucking rock. And you have so much experience. And so I thought it might be fun. I would love to sort of like, Look back to the beginning of your career, like before you did some of these things. And I'd love to know what has like surprised you the most about each of these aspects of the industry. So I have like a little list and I want you to tell me like what surprised you. Okay. So going into like your first kind of like batch of auditions, what surprised you about the auditioning process? Um, (laughs) that you can do it wrong. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. a great answer. 
not to make new uh, performers paranoid, right. but yes. you can betray yourself. And that's the biggest sin. I'm, I'm saying a lot of religious words because we're drinking Vespers. That's what it is. That's what it is. I'm like, why? I am not. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. But, but uh, the biggest sin is to betray yourself. And that's how you can do an audition wrong. If you're not feeling it, mm. don't feel it. Don't, don't go. It. Your agent works for you. Don't go. Um, one of the first auditions I ever did uh, that I cried in the car on the way home, mm. uh, not out of happiness or sadness, just release to get it out. Because I was like, I held on to the unknown mm. the whole week um, ahead of it was for a musical Guys and Dolls. Happy in the end. I ended up booking the lead. It was it was community theater. It was so much fun. It was a Meadow yeah. Um, But I didn't know <laughs> at 17 that yeah. you couldn't sing a duet by yourself. <laughs> what I'm laughing because honestly I probably wouldn't have fucking known that either but it's just so cute it's cute to think of the the people on like the casting side seeing you coming in and you're like yeah I'm gonna sing um for good from wicked and they're like oh baby girl like that's a duet or I mean whatever like from Greece like what's the one summer nights and you're like hmm how's this gonna go and then it's just oh that's amazing um I sang marry the man today from the musical mm. and I've played sister Sarah and then Adelaide this you know loose lounge singer person and I just switched back and forth and um they were laughing and I couldn't tell because oh. I, I was in the church hall hearing everyone else go ahead of me and I couldn't tell because they were all singing solos I'm like oh <laughs> And you know, your anus goes to the back of your throat and you're like, you're like, I'm now going to spit out my asshole. Like I'm so, yeah, here it goes. I'm like, well, I can't turn back and I want this. So let's go. So I say the whole thing and they they had tears streaming down their face and I did not know if it was because it was really funny and good or if it was just a hot dump. Like, was it at you or because of the amazing comedic experience? And when you first said duet, I I was picturing in my head that you just, like, let it be silent when it was the other part. But you did both parts, which is, like, so much better. So much I, better. I turned my body and Adelaide was very, like, mm-hmm. and then um, <laughs> Sister Sarah was, like, mm, very, mm. so I'd go back and forth just like this, just singing, like, mm-hmm. so also affecting vocal quality, never taken a singing lesson in my life. Like, holy shit. Uh, and then two days later, I get the lead. So we're And fucking fine. booked it. Yeah, because you know what? You were true to yourself. That's what you wanted to do. And you were like, well, I'm fucking here. Cut to screen auditions, which mm. I know what I look like in my head. Mm. I don't, at that point, I did not know what I look like on screen. And it's and so different. It is so different. It is like, it still blows my mind. Sometimes when I see myself in... Uh, like a commercial, not a commercial, sorry. I'm saying like an audition recording. Yeah. And I'm like, who is that? What am I doing? Where's my soul? What's yeah. the fucking, where are my feet? What's going on? Why is that my face? Like, I've never seen that face. Where are my two decades of professional experience? All gone, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that too. Like, <laughs> like, who is this girl? And yeah, girl, not even a woman anymore. No. I don't know what happened. She regressed. And and what is it? What is it because? Because the script you couldn't get the one technical word in it or like what it, what right. was it? So now like the, the, the betrayal for me wasn't that first audition. It mm. was going, translating into screen um, and fully not knowing until you know. 
Yeah. And, and then being like, well, I'm going to be this because this is what they're looking for. Yes. Tim Hortons will never be looking for that. <laughs> but here we go. Ugh. And and you're like, that's the betrayal where you're like, I can put on what you need. The mm-hmm. whole mystery, the whole secret, the whole fucking cosmic joke mm-hmm. is that it's just walk in, do the thing. Just do you, just, just be your, that's it. You're on, you're like, you have to unlearn how to try to be all these other things. Exactly. Uh, And it's so fucking hard. No. And here's the thing too. I think because at like when I watch like TV shows or movies or whatever, whenever they're showing an actor, like the character is an actor. Mm -hmm. So often there's this idea that like every audition you'll get feedback about, like your agent will call and be like, okay, so this commercial audition. (laughs) Oh, okay. So she wasn't being herself. (laughs) Fuck that. I have been. I've been auditioning for what almost a decade I think I got feedback once maybe twice like you you're not getting it after every audition so really you don't know if it's just oh it's because it's a lottery or because like just whatever just because that's the business it's you know it's hard to get it or if it's because you're doing the same you're making the same fucking mistake every single time you go in you don't know no idea no idea oh my god and I will say this everyone is just doing their best yeah, so we were, 100%. you know, we did work together at Powerhouse. And mm-hmm. I remember this one audition where I was feeling myself and it was like comedy girl, second city must, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, yeah. good. I go in, I'm with like Daryl Hines. Um, I want to say like Karen Parker. I can't remember. I can't fully remember. Mm-hmm. But like second city alumni, that's mm-hmm. who was in the room. And um, Brian was working the camera. Love mm-hmm. him. Hi, Brian. And, Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. I hope you're doing well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he, he was like, great, we got that one. Um, can we do it again, but a little less sketch performer? Mm. And and I just like, I was like, oh, no, no, my house of cards. It's oh, no. literally the only reason I've been brought in here. And I just was like, nope, <laughs> Brian's my friend. I can talk to him. And I was like, Brian! And he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, don't be a sketch performer. That's what we are. Literally, that is what we are. Give me huh. a different note. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, do you know, I'm like, do you know how hard it is to not be a sketch performer? And then he mm. graciously said back to me, do you know how hard it is to give direction to sketch performers? Not not sketch performers like ske- in general. He's like, mm-hmm. just second city sketch performers? Do you know how hard it is to do my job? And I was like, mm. oh, fuck. I never even thought about that. Like, Ugh. so I'm like, we're all just doing our best. I'm just trying to figure this fucking thing out. And God. I would say, like, the biggest betrayal is the mm-hmm. one you do to yourself thinking you know what they want. Mm. Thinking you know what you could make yourself to be for fuck's sakes. None of it matters. I've been on the casting side. Mm-hmm. I've, we've worked the desk. We've heard people not get gigs because they look at, look like somebody's ex and you're like, Oh my no, God. But, yeah. No, but they're perfect. They, they nailed it. And the screen test was amazing. And yeah. They, they, uh, oh, oh, cool. Like, Oh, they look like your stepdaughter's best friend's cousin. I don't understand how that's relevant to this $50,000 commercial. Like what's and, happening. Yeah. And, and aren't you just the PA? Get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Didn't you just bring the sandwiches? I'm so confused. What's happening here? Yeah. No disrespect to the people who bring the sandwiches. 100%. Like, I bring sandwiches. Every, 100%. Everyone's trying to like prove mm-hmm. their worth. And the worth is just to be themselves. But we're not taught that that's okay to just be yourself. Yeah, totally. So, so everyone's trying to be something else. Guilty. So much of this. Everyone's. Me too. Yeah. But it's like, wait, what? What can you control? you know you can control yourself Mm -hmm. so you know oh fuck I love that love that okay what's what surprised you about being on set for the first time as an actor 
just gulp a little sip I'm making you talk so much also I'm like bring your favorite drink and then I'm gonna make you talk and never be able to sip it take a sip I'm into it. I've been in my home for a really long time. I know. It feels like we're in the same room and I'm very excited. I love it Um, so much. Okay. So yeah. What surprised you about being on set for the first time as an actor, like in something you booked? I didn't realize all of the pieces before. Mm. There was like, it was like being inside the body and seeing all the different bones and organs because before you just saw the skin. Mm. And now you're like, holy shit. And then the ego gets this big because you're like, oh, I really just have to say four lines. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. It's so fucking true. Oh, my every, God. Everyone else has so much more riding on what they're doing. Yeah. And you know what? On the positive, everyone in this room is here to make sure I do my best. Yes. I look yes. good. I sound good. I'm holding the right props. I'm doing everything. Mm-hmm. And. So the the surprising thing was how 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 many people there were, mm-hmm. how um, how the crew doesn't get thanked a lot. Having worked on crew and having um, just interacted with crew, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're sure you're not the like lead of the series or whatever. But this lead would look like shit if it wasn't for you, and they'd sound mm-hmm. like shit if it wasn't for you, and they wouldn't be standing on their mark if it wasn't for you. And, and it was like, oh, to be gracious, to be cognizant of, like, all the pieces was was a huge surprise. Like, it was an awakening. And that when that TV show goes up or that, you know, movie airs somewhere, like, how much praise goes to such a, such a small percentage? And, like, valid praise, but that it's yeah, yeah. only distributed – in this small percentage of the whole team, mm-hmm. there's like, if there's a hundred people on the team, we're only praising five of them. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh God, but what about this person who was there like earlier than I was every day and left later than I did every day? Mm-hmm. And will no one will ever be like, oh, cool, you worked on that movie. Like nobody will ever know that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Unless they tell them. Unless they tell and, them. Yeah, it was, uh, it was humbling to realize that I'm a worthy part of the pie, but I'm not mm-hmm. the pie. And that was like a huge, like, this is a lesson. The universe is telling you, you better listen. (laughs) That's a beautiful way. Because I think, I think like for a long time, you're sort of told the actor is the pie. The actor is the pie. And then you're like, oh, no, no, no. And then sometimes I think you're told like, you're replaceable. You're replaceable. You're nothing. Mm. Oh, you have brown hair and we want blonde. Instead of dyeing your hair, we'll just bring in a whole other person because that's how replaceable you are. (laughs) So it's this thing like, I'm not the pie. I'm also not a crumb. Like, okay, I'm a full piece but I'm a valid piece mm-hmm. but just a piece like it's a very you know like you need to find that balance it's a roaming yeah. target yeah and you know based on where everyone is in their day at that moment in time mm-hmm. it could be a powder keg yeah yeah so oh. it was uh yeah and also this is maybe the like French Irish ancestry in my background oh, coming okay. out okay but like there was absolute guilt when you're assigned a person, when you mm. get a role where they like tend to you mm. um, or the AD is like coming over being like, oh, do you need snacks? Like, do you need this? Do you? And you're just like, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Don't, don't worry about me. And I don't know if that's the patriarchy or my background or my upbringing or whatever, <laughs> but I'm like, it's okay to be taken care of sometimes. Mm. This is all the things that you didn't get. Let, let this cute teenager bring you a 
sandwich at yes. two in the morning. <laughs> like, yes. You know. Uh, yes. So. I remember working as, um, is it called a handler? Like, is that the right yeah. term to use? It depends um, what, what, like. That's fair. Also, handler just feels like I don't like. Yeah. Talent, talent wrangler. That also sounds like they're animals. Basically, I worked as a PA <laughs> and I was in charge of basically being the shadow of this actor. And I had a walkie talkie so that like they could tell me, hey, we need him on set or like, hey, he's mm-hmm. good to go, you know, have snacks or whatever. And yeah, like it, if he needed something, it felt great that I could fulfill my job like you know what I mean otherwise I'm standing there being like what the fuck am I doing like I just feel <laughs> yeah. stupid like I don't need to be here so it's okay if someone's asking hey can I get you a drink and you're like I fucking no I don't say I would love a water I would love a water <laughs> I would fucking love a water but mine is the fucking yeah 100% I would just really like a water that's okay oh I love yeah. that okay my last one for you of, of these is um here we I go could, I could go on like Oh, these, I love it. These little Vespers. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. Um, okay. What surprised you the most about, I have a few here, but I'm like, what surprised you the most about working in um, reality TV? I know you worked on a reality like competition cooking show that I think is so fucking cool with Greg. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Chef in your ear. So that good. was awesome. Yes. What surprised me was yeah. the um, behind the curtain aspect of it. Seeing mm. how the sausage gets made. Mm. I still love eating sausage, but <laughs> um, oh, but like the actual food, you're like, no, no, the food was oh, okay, okay, so everything was healthy. No, 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 sorry, that was a metaphor, not a real thing. The so- <laughs> everything was the food producer Claudia did an amazing job. Everything was super clean and sanitized. Um, the paper towel sponsor was the best. Like we were good. Um, no, the I thought that things were a little bit more genuine, and mm. I. I was gullible and then I saw mm. like oh no that's a bit more contrived than I thought and mm. it, and I was like but and I get why and narratively totally. it needed to happen but I'm like oh this isn't real mm. like it is but it's not yeah is so, it harder to watch them now like watch like nailed it or like British Bake Off or something is it harder to watch those shows and enjoy them in the same way if you did before? um I did I do still enjoy them mm. I now can't watch it as a guilty pleasure. Like I'm watching yeah. it like, oh my God, that producer had to clean up that vomit when that girl had a two six of tequila. Like I'm thinking yes. like that or I'm going like, oh, 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 they need to cover that. It's behind. Like it's just in there. Like, yeah. oh, no, no, no. He's too close to the pool. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I, yes, you're watching it as a producer. Like you're watching mm-hmm. it. It's like when, so you and I both, like you mentioned, we both worked at a commercial casting agency together. And after a number of years working in casting, when I would watch commercials, I actually, I started enjoying them more. Like I just started noticing them more. They became a part yeah. of the entertainment, but also some commercials I would watch and be like, God, that must've been awful to cast. Like I just, oh, that must've been so much work to cast, you know? And yeah. so- I guess it's not exactly the same because it wasn't a guilty pleasure before. But I see what you mean that you kind of, yeah, you're like, it, oh, God. It, once, yeah, you go through the door and then that's, you've, you've gone through the door. You've gone even through the door. You, even if you go back, yeah, you, you still know. Yeah. And so what I do with reality television is I'll mm. put it on while I'm cooking so that I'm half paying attention. Oh. So I'm like, oh, are they going to hook up together? Love Island what? Or like oh, love yes. is blind or, or yes. nailed it. 
nailed it just makes me in my heart just laugh so fucking um, good i can't wait to start i haven't started watching this yet but the uh great canadian baking show with, i haven't watched um, yet either but with ann parnell and alan shane lewis and, and oh before that um coco and aurora like i'm just like why haven't i watched that yet wait coco and aurora were on too i think they did the season right before <gasps> yeah yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited. I still haven't seen British Bake Off, which like everybody raves about. I really need to. I need to watch that. I for reality shows, I love Nailed It. I do love cooking shows, but I find, and you know what? You're such a wonderful, fucking talented, sh- like chef. I was gonna say cook, but chef. Yeah, I'm more you, a cook. More like cook. you're so good. And I. So I wonder if you find this. I find when I watch cooking shows, Nailed It, I'm fine because often they don't look very. <laughs> appetizing right but that's a part of the show like love it love it I love it so much the worst mm-hmm. the better the unicorn episode's my favorite one ever because it was absolutely inedible um oh. Oh. but it was awful oh. it wasn't even cooked it was just liquid it was so, I've rewatched that so many times but when I watch cooking shows where it is you know it is not a chef who's like me who they actually know what they're doing I get so annoyed that I, I like I'm hungry and I want mm. really good food and then me I go too. and I'm like all I have is like Chips, which are yummy, but it's not this beautiful trifle thing they just made. In situations like that, depending yeah. on how many Vespers I've enjoyed or mm-hmm. wines, I'll be like, okay, I've got chips. Hmm, I've got butter. Maybe if I, you know, fry up some garlic in this butter and I pour it over chips. Oh, God, it tastes awful. It tastes awful. <laughs> I, have, I was like, oh, shit, look at you go. I've ruined so much food. But you also, like, even you just doing, like, I feel like you really have a knack for cooking like the things I've seen you make like on your Instagram or you've made for me like I've been to your place you just you're fucking great and you're like oh yeah I just made this like fire roasted potato and tomato garlic herb th- and I'm like I can't even say the name of that like that's amazing I'm <laughs> it, yeah it's more witchcraft stuff it's <gasps> like alchemy instead of like it's not um I'm not like I need to make a trifle yes. it's like no what do I need I need to ah, uh, and I look at the. I have a very visual kitchen. It's like racks of spices, racks of spices, open pantry, and I'll be like, okay, so I've got that. What's that taste? That goes with this, and like it's, it becomes like a, a spell more so than like um, a math. Oh my god! I think you just made me fall in love with cooking. Like anything, it's really fun. Anything witchy. Okay, Actually, great. If you ever want to do this, I've done yes. this with a friend. Um, I taught him how to make um a. Uh, a shrimp feta fennel dish with Greek potatoes and a horiatiki salad. And we did it over Zoom and we drank. If you ever want to like just have Zoom cooking. Yes, I do. Let's do it. Okay, I'm already like, yes, I do. And then I just got like a a picture in my head of what my face probably looks like. 100% I want to do that. It's fun. We get to catch up and just (gasps) learn new things. And you can pick one one month and I'll pick one. And then we're teaching each other and empowering each other. And and sometimes eating we'll food and yeah okay I'm gonna text you for that exact recipe that fennel situation yeah and and I'll get the ingredients and we should totally make that and we can either drink vespers I mean they're fun, they're fun. or if we think they're too flammable we can do something else <laughs> for the well, first the time uncle dino shrimp which it, uh, Connor has an uncle dino mm. um he uses ouzo in that so if you like black licorice and that anise flavor 
um, Uzo would be that drink there. All right. You know what's funny? I don't enjoy um, black licorice like candies, mm -hmm. but my partner's mom makes this salad with like, she always makes this go-to salad and it has like avocados and, and cucumbers, but she puts fennel in it. And it was the first time where I was like, oh, I fucking love this taste. This is so mm -hmm. good. And I mm -hmm. always stayed away from fennel because I didn't like licorice, but that's, that's fabulous. I love that. Okay. I would love to do that. Um, Lovely. Lovely. Speaking of knives in the kitchen, I have a, I want to ask you about a quote that you said that has to do with a knife. Okay. God, look at my fucking transitions. Can you tell I haven't performed in a while? That's fine. Okay. So you you're have amazing. To <laughs> Stop it. You're saying, so you're, you're saying mean things about my friend. Stop. Oh my God. My mom said that to me once, like about her daughter. And I was like, that is about the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Like what oh. a great, like your yeah. race car driving mom. My race car driving mom, like how fucking cool. You're listening to the Flo and Joan episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How mm -hmm. sweet too. They just came out and they're like, how's your mom? Oh, how's your mom? And I was like, how's your mom? How's your Mom's mom? Good. Yeah, yours is so good. How's your mom? Mom's good. God, so good. Okay. Speaking of knives. Nice. Um, okay. So you had said, uh, quote unquote, quote unquote, what am I saying here? Well, the quote's you over. I don't love, know. Oh, the quote's done. <laughs> so you were just silent for a while. And I want to ask you about it. No. Um, you had said that you are like a, quote, Swiss army knife of sorts, what you need, I'll become, end quote, talking about being a producer and a writer and just sort of being like, okay, in acting, like it might be that, uh, these are my words, I'm putting, uh, not to put these words in your mouth, but you were sort of saying like, okay, I want to be an actor. How do I sort of navigate this career? And I, I feel very similarly in that, that I've worked in, in producing and, and casting. And for me, it came from a place of feeling like I'm, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't feel like I'm worth enough. I'm not a good enough actor to be, I'm putting in air quotes, just an actor. I need to do these other things so that I know everything before I deserve to call myself an actor. And now I can realize that that's what I was sort of going after. And I like naturally was interested you know, producing and casting. I mean, I love working in those areas for sure. But I sometimes worry that in taking on all of these roles that people forget that I'm an actor or forget that like my heart wants to be an actor first. And well, I'm wondering for you, like starting from wanting to be an actor, do you ever have the fear of like being forgotten that you're a performer first? Like, oh, Ashley, come on for as, can you help me produce this thing? But then they don't think to cast you in the thing. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, so many things to that. Mm. Firstly, yes, I did about this podcast. So yes, I'm always worried that people are going to forget about me. And guess what? Mm. They will. Yeah. And that's okay too. Um, that's kind of, you know, mid thirties lesson that I'm trying to sink my teeth mm. into here is like, yeah, respectfully, it's not their job to remember me. What it is um, my job to do is remind them. And they can say, no, thank you. And that's fine too. Um, so this is a story. I was really broke and um, in between contracts and doing festival work and kind of all over the place, doing these many jobs that you were talking about. Mm. And um, the executive producer of this Toronto Sketch Fest was like, hey, um, we need somebody to be a driver mm. for Sketch Fest. And I'm like, mm. a driver? What? Okay. Sure. I, I'm i broke as fuck. Please. Yes. They're like, yes. it's only $150 or whatever. Can you do it? I'm like, how long? They're like, one night, but it's like going to be morning through to probably midnight. And I'm like, wow. yes, I need the money. Yes. Yeah. It was for Paul Feig, the director of the all-female identifying 
Ghostbusters and Freaks and Geeks and the science teacher and Sabrina and the Teenage Witch, Paul Feig. And oh they... my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry, that is like oh my. Did you know when you were like yeah sure? I did. I did. I did. I did. They told me, and I was like yes, please, yeah, uh, I'm, in. Sure. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Do you want me yeah. to pay? Like uh, sure, one hundred and fifteen dollars. Did you say it's this? It pays in Subway sandwich. One Subway sandwich. Great. I'm in. Cold cut trio, baby. Yeah, yeah, um, no problem. The kids tuna melt. Great. I, I'm allergic to fish. Bring it on. I'll drive and, Paul. Oh my god. Well, they needed somebody who was uh had a clean record driving record and was free (laughs) and would do it for that money Mm because you know it's a registered charity they don't make a lot Mm -hmm. so and I was broke and I was like Paul Feig absolutely and then he is Bruce McCullough is like one of Bruce McCullough's besties Mm -hmm. and so there was like this kind of thing of like Bruce is going to interview Paul for this one night during Sketchfest it's this big event um so you're kind of like working with Bruce McCullough and I'm like holy shit Bruce McCullough oh my god this is amazing. This is such oh a gift. God. So I drove them around and um, from news outlet and then to lunch and then to the event and the rehearsals and everything. And and it was kind of like the producer had said, don't don't like be chatty. And right. you know you like to talk. Don't be chatty. Like, no problem. <laughs> right, right. No worries. They know me well. They can say it. <laughs> and I was like, no problem. Um, and then he started talking to me. So we got chatting about how we were both in therapy and we both started after um, – 45 was elected and and I was like oh we both played science teachers on tv Uh, like Mm. we were just like bonding and he was really really a lovely person um and then I got to talk to Bruce McCullough as well which was like I'm just beside myself this entire time Mm. Uh, the event goes smashingly I'm kind of like half producing as well so that the Mm. executive producers can enjoy the event I'm like no problem like I see what needs to be done here like can you clean up this and kind of directing the team and then I take the gents back to their house and I have to pick up Paul the next day at like the crack of dawn for his flight. He was only in for like 24 hours. Mm. Um, and I'm driving him and we get to the airport and we've talked about how we both direct and act and produce and we've done all of the things. Um, <laughs> to varying degrees of success, obviously. <laughs> but, no, but sell yourself. You did all the things, but, 100%. But we've we've done all the things. Mm-hmm. And he was really nice. He's like, thank you so much. And then he, he goes and he leaves. And then he comes back and he knocks on the door. This is again at like 6 in the morning. The sun is just coming up. And I undo the window and I'm like, did you forget something? He's like, no, I just wanted to tell you, you don't just have to pick one thing. And I went, Ew, I just got what? chills. And he goes, you don't just have to pick one thing. He's like, thanks again for everything. Bye. Cut to, like, me relinquishing the shame of, like, oh, I'm acting. I'm not producing. Oh, I'm producing. I'm not writing. Oh, I'm writing. I'm not directing. Cut to that shame being gone. And now, like, Paul and Bruce, to be honest, have been these, like, kind of guideposts in my career and in my thoughts because I'm, like, the opportunities that have arisen out of this have been amazing. I got to work with Bruce on Tall Boys and help help with that show a little bit, being a creative kind of consultant person and get to know Bruce and work with him. And he's like Canadian royalty. He's amazing. And like he's providing opportunities for marginalized voices, which led me to go, oh, I haven't always done that in my producing. I can do that now. I can do that in my writing. I can do that in my hiring. I can do that in my X, Y, Z. And it was like, this, just these moments, just these little moments. So how, did I spend my 20s feeling like a failure because I wasn't just one thing? Yes. 
Did I waste a decade of a very fun, fabulous young life doing that? Mm. Yeah. But I needed to. And then did I get like hit by the universe by, by Paul Feig in the face? <laughs> yes, I did. And am I going to listen? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Like you can like more than one thing. You can be good at more than one thing. There is this shame. There is this almost sense of like failure a bit in that. Mm. And it's only when I compare myself to other people who are doing one thing. Maybe they, and who fucking knows? Maybe they wish they were doing more than one. Like maybe they wish they were doing more than acting, but they're acting and like, oh, they're making a living at one thing. But truly, I mean, even when I think back in school, I had such, like I was always so stressed about when I had to sort of like whittle down like a major or figuring things out because I was like, no, but I love, yeah, I love so many things. I I don't want to let go of math. I don't want to stop learning about science. I don't want to have to just do art. Like I want to do all of them. And so, but there is this shame. I think that's, wow, wow, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. And, you know, be honest. Mm. Do you do you like your life? Parts of it, yeah, I do. I think I like my life more, this is ironic, I like my life more now than I have in the past, even though we are in a fucking pandemic and I miss the shit out of hugging everyone that I love. Of course, and like, of course. But mentally, I like... Mm-hmm the way that I see my life now more than Mm -hmm. I ever have in the past. And a lot of it is realizing like, what are my voices and my opinions? And what are ones that I just like grabbed from someone else or assumed from someone else? Right? Like some Mm -hmm. of them, and you know, some of these things that we've turned into truths, I'm realizing no one even said it to me. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, if I'm a kid and someone calls me stupid and now I'm worried forever since sixth grade that I'm still stupid, that's fair. Some of these things, nobody even said. I just sort of anticipated they would say a shitty thing and then repeated it in my head enough that there was like a little nugget of truth, quote unquote. That's a proper way of quote unquote, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it is. It's it's um and shame fucking buries itself deep. Like it roots itself real deep inside and it is hard to pull that shit out and get it out of you. What's interesting about this horrific time? Mm-hmm. That I'm very grateful for mm-hmm. and I recognize the privilege that comes with this statement. Is the pause that it's almost like the universe is forcing us to care it's forcing us to wake up and it's forcing us to slow down Mm -hmm. through horrific means through horrific examples but we haven't been listening for so long that Mm -hmm. we believed the stupid we believed that we were better than we believed that everything was equal we believed that xyz Mm -hmm. and all of that needs to go Mm -hmm. so this pause and and I reflect exactly what you were saying too. I like my brain and my habits now, now more than ever. I'm not forced into falsehoods and I can sit with my own shame and start to process it so that I could move forward in hopefulness and in action and in um, trying to strive for, for greatness for mm-hmm. honestly the collective. I know that sounds a bit cultish, but it's like... <laughs> It, no, it sounds if, lovely. If we weren't forced into this pause, mm-hmm. the way that Canadians generally have been, I'm broad, broad statement there, but mm-hmm. um, we could have scrolled past another black man being dead. 
because mm-hmm. it just happened every day. Mm-hmm. And the mass shootings would be in there too. And then, you know, oh, this crisis, that crisis. We weren't, we weren't given time to stop and we refused to carve it out for ourselves. So now we have no choice. And so we are able to kind of start making better choices if, if we do it. And, and it's going to be forever. This is a lifelong thing, right? For everybody. Mm -hmm. And to recognize and wake up to the three and a half decades where I didn't know how much I was benefiting from systems that hurt others, or I didn't know how much self hate I was giving to myself Mm. for what, for, for everyone else to to gain in my life. What, what, what? Like I, I was maybe putting through, I was giving into niceness and not supporting kindness. Niceness Mm. is this act of, um, of, um, sometimes placation, sometimes, um, just, you know, Oh, just don't worry about it. Be nice. Give the toys back. Be nice. Don't Mm. say that. Whereas being kind is being authentic and being kind is harder because you're vulnerable and you're looking inward to see where is this mine? Is this yours? Is this ours? Or is this circumstance? Mm. And we've been given this gift of time to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive and then to relearn systems. So it it feels really dark and twisted to say, and not in the fun way, mm-hmm. that part of this has been a blessing, mm-hmm. but but to to even get the chance to evolve and to wake up a bit has has felt um a lot of bad feelings have come up, but also I'm like, okay, there's a hope. Because yeah. it's like if I was that asleep and I could do it, mm-hmm. everybody could do it. Everybody can do it, no matter how sick or tired or like everyone can do this. Mm-hmm. We just have to want to choose to do it. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm thankful to the universe. I, I wish no one had to die. I wish no, you know, no harm on anyone. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. COVID has been a very strange and um, equanimity involved time. Like mm-hmm. many truths have existed at the same time and it's yeah. really throwing me. Because yeah. I, I live, I governed myself that one truth was that it. It was mm-hmm. that. It's what you feel or it's what you think and this is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's not how anything works. Where did <laughs> I learn that? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you yeah. can have self-doubt but still be worthy of the good things. Mm-hmm. You can care and still be mad. Like, and all of these things in acting too where it's, it was designed just like everything else by people who didn't have everyone in mind and sometimes I benefit from that and sometimes I don't and now I'm waking up not only that it's not me who doesn't benefit it's all of us it and there's so many more systems that don't benefit others more than just my small fraction of the shit pie you know (laughs) And, and so it's like this has to blow up like this has to change from from the police to to our fucking industry it all needs to change yeah. And it's just like, can we work our muscle memory in this time to move forward in the change that we need soon, now, yesterday? So anyway, oh God, she's half of Esper in. I love, no, <laughs> no, I, I really have been thinking like, you know, I don't, I don't think there's, I mean, no, I don't think there has never been a time ever where I had this few, uh, this, this small amount of feedback of how I look from other people how I should be how how I shouldn't be what I'm doing wrong what I'm doing right 
uh, directions on all these things. I mean, literally, and again, like I so, I completely speak from a place of such privilege, like that how, how, you know, how lucky am I that these past six months, although fucking awful and brutal, not as awful and brutal as for other people, that somehow I'm able to find a silver lining where also it was a, a moment of quiet and a moment away from constant feedback. I actually had a moment, I told my therapist, I had a moment during COVID where I didn't feel negatively about my body. I actually just was walking around being like, hey, yes. hey cutie, nothing had changed. Uh, maybe I'd gained weight. Maybe I'd lost weight. I have no idea, but not enough that I had noticed. And it made me, the the feeling was so foreign to not feel shitty and, and like just holistically critiquey about my body. That feeling was so foreign to me that I genuinely was like, oh my God, if somebody put me on a lie detector, I couldn't tell you the last time I felt it. I don't, I don't think I've ever felt neutral and just super positive like my body's just a body and fuck girl thank you for getting me through all this you're fucking awesome and just celebrating yeah and that happened and I think it's like well yeah because I don't I'm not walking I'm in my apartment I all the time I'm not having this constant mm -hmm. feedback and the feedback that I am getting from my phone from social media from tv it's in my fucking power because I can turn it off I I yes. don't have to get any feedback if I don't want to and yeah you know it's like any of that sort of quiet reflective time is like, yeah, because I'm not getting fucking constant comments verbally and otherwise from everyone around me about everything that I am and I'm not. Like, yeah. It's like, if you look at the concept that we're all children, which I really mm. like because sometimes you can see tantrums from people like this and it's amazing. <laughs> uh, guilty as charged. Yeah. But if you look at the concept that we're all children, mm. learning, just figuring it out. The universe has said, I forgive you for not knowing. I forgive you for feeding the bad seeds. I forgive you for the mistakes. And I'm going to give you this time so that you can forgive yourself. Because we really need to start looking at who doesn't have the time to relax or reflect. We need to suit up and fucking go and fight and stand beside and amplify and whether you've done that in the past or not mm -hmm. fine I forgive you I forgive you I forgive you I forgive you but you need to do it now mm -hmm. not only for yourself but for ev for the community for the collective and it's almost like I do sound like I'm in a cult um <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it's like we are a collective though humans mm -hmm. are a collective and we haven't been thinking like that mm -hmm. and so if if we can be forgiven and forgive ourselves and to start governing from a place of power, mm. then we can stand beside people and fight and carry some of that burden that we have not been carrying because we've been scared or ignorant or angry or whatever, or unknowing or what, like who knows? And so it's like, it's quite hopeful and it's quite beautiful. And I know that it sounds very idealistic, but given the alternative, I'd rather that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh. God, you're such a fucking angel. I just like adore you. I really do. What a not like smooth way to wrap that up. But I just, it's like a visceral, you you, like, oh my God. I just, oh my God. What did I even want? Oh, okay. Oh my God. This is actually a perfect transition. Speaking of love, you speaking about love. I'd love to ask you about your relationship a little bit. A little tad bit. We'll just take a little sip sip. Okay. So 
We're fine. Next question. We're fine. <laughs> I kidding, kidding, say, kidding, 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 kidding. I should also uh, say, so, okay, so you have been with your partner for, is it 12 years now? 12 years? Married for two, together for 12? Is that right? I believe so, yes. 12 and, 12 okay. and a half? Yeah. 12 and yeah. a half. Are you excited for 13? Mm-hmm. I really, I just had 13 this year, and I just, for Ooh. some, I just want to stay at 13 forever. Like, yeah, I just, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a fun, spooky number. Okay. Um, it's a fun, so, spooky number. It's so very great. lucky. Right? And it's, you're over those, like, I don't know. Some people have that um, thing about year seven, which we went through a thing. Like oh. it happens. And sometimes it doesn't for people. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, 13 is good. 13 is fun. Yeah, I'm excited for 13 just because I, I know you love the spooky. Um, I should also preface for viewers and listeners that I adore your partner. I was so, oh. so lucky to be directed by your partner when I was <laughs> studying at Second City. I just fucking love him. Hi. Okay, so he is also an alumni of Second City like yourself and so you guys you two uh write together you perform together um Mm -hmm. you're together in a troupe called lusty mannequins which I was totally thinking of when you were saying uh how when you were younger you were like being a lady mannequin yeah I love it so much so good your promo photos are so fucking like rock star for lusty mannequins can I just tell you um Dahlia Katz photography she's amazing Dahlia Dahlia Katz I'm telling you the only photographer I've ever felt myself with Truly, truly. Okay. There's just too many signs. When I need new shot, which very soon I do, I'm really going to hit up Dahlia because there's just so many people saying this. She captures you in a way that is genuine and she doesn't, I had, so I showed her, showed her, I went to her and then I went to somebody else and somebody Mm. else and then back to her and I showed her the one before and I'm like, I'm not booking anything because I didn't look like myself. She's like, can I tell you why? Whoever took this photo stretched out your nose and changed your high color. Wait, what? <laughs> and oh, I was no. like, no, they totally fuck. They yeah, did. Oh, and you're so close to like yourself. Like you probably can't even see that until somebody points it. Like I wouldn't be able to see it till somebody points Correct. that out. Oh my Correct. God, Dahlia. Dahlia, Dahlia Katz. Um, yes, Dahlia Katz is amazing. Um, she's doing headshots right now. And then we'll see about lockdown and stuff like that. Yes, of it's course. Very safe of course, and of stuff, course. You know, well, but, when it is yeah. safe. I, mm-hmm. yeah, because I think soon I probably need some. Um, but I'm wondering, what is oh, your, yes. yeah, I will. Um, what is your favorite thing about being like, about creatively collaborating with your love partner? And what's like your least favorite thing about co- creatively collaborating with your love partner? With your husband? Great. Why don't I just say husband? He's your husband now. He is my husband. Well, yes, he is my great. husband. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things is if we're like being intimate. Yeah. Neither of us will take offense to if we have like a sketch idea that pops into our head that we can't get out we're like sorry just one second and there's like literally posters and stuff beside the bed and we'll just like write something down and then okay no now I'm fully present so and it's not like oh my god our sex life is bad no 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 it's just something that sometimes happens you inspire so. each other your bodies inspire each other I think that's that is such like that is such a uh, like t- both people in the relationship are creatives specific answer like if you're not both creatives nobody's saying it's, that you know it's offensive and you're like oh are you laughing <laughs> at my body like, like I don't understand why you just yeah no I, oh my god that's fucking awesome that is or, so good you know, sometimes when you're like making out or having sex or whatever your mind drip, drifts yeah drips yeah my just it just drips my it just drips into your the anus that's in the back of your mouth oh, and you're just no. just drips yeah it just drifts sometimes sometimes yeah. if you're like you know whatever and you can just giggle and laugh 
And then we ask each other, what are you laughing about? And we're like, no, I'm just having a good time. Or, or other times we'll be like, I just thought about this amazing sketch with Mahatma Gandhi. And I got it. <laughs> and you're like, no, don't tell me now. Don't tell me now. Like, go, but, don't, is, but also don't wrong. forget it. Don't forget it because I want to do it. So don't forget it. Don't tell me. Yeah. And it's the post-it awesome. notes. Yeah, allergy awesome. with your post-it notes. Oh, I love that. With that, one of the best things is that um, we have really effective communication. And we communicate mm. in a way that the other person understands. So if if I'm like not feeling writing sketches, I can go, no, I'm not really into it. And it's not a personal attack. It's where I'm at. And so I can run diagnostics and go, this is mine. We can soldier through, but it's probably going to be shit for you. Like, <laughs> oh, let's do it later then. Yeah. Let's do it later. One of the least favorite things. Um, As she looks over to see if her partner can hear. <laughs> he's going to watch this when it comes out. So fuck it. Oh, so I supportive. Hi. I guess I should also say I'm asking because my partner, although so amazing, he's actually like so surprisingly talented. He has such actor instincts. He's so good. And he started helping me like direct myself in self tapes and he fucking nails it. It's so weird. He, yeah, I've joked like watch he becomes an actor anyway, whatever. But um, I should say I'm asking also because I've wondered like, oh, I wonder if we were both in the same industry, what it would be like. So not to be like, oh my God, oh. shit on your partner. But I'm just curious no, no, what no, the no. dynamic is. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Um, I'm now back. Hi, partner. This, this, watching. This, yeah, yeah. Hi, Connor. Um, hey. This might be not as adventurous as you were hoping for, but he's just really sweaty on stage. And so if we have to do a kiss, I like slide off of his so. face. Good. So it's, it's not the worst yeah. thing in the world, but it's yeah. gross. But it's fair. Um, I, I get really sweaty hands um, when I perform. Kneecaps. Really? When I stand up, if I'm wearing a dress and I stand up, it looks like I've pissed my chair. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like the back of your knees? Is it the front or the, the back? Ar- the armpit of the leg, the kneecap behind. The kneecap. The armpit yeah. of the leg, like, 100%. Well, oh my yeah. God, yes. Mm-hmm. God it's, damn it. It's it. like, what is up with the specific regions? Yeah, 100%. His is you, like yeah. here, here, here. Like upper like, lip. Ugh. Well, you know what? I'm thinking like, thank God. Because if it was going to be like Rompton and he was sweaty on his face and I had to kiss him, I would prefer kissing him sweaty than like somebody I didn't know sweaty. Yes. Like, you know? listen, sometimes I'm doing a sketch with Alistair Forbes in the Lusty Mannequins <laughs> and he's eaten a full burrito. And I'm like, oh. On purpose, oh. probably. Oh, yeah. We have a very yeah. sibling energy, so I'll yeah. actively try to fart in his face whenever I can, and he'll <laughs> eat shit food. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. Uh, I, I love think them. I read somewhere that Jennifer Lawrence, when she was filming Hunger Games and had to, like, make out with PETA, whoever the guy's – I forget what his what? real name is. That's so awful. Hemsworth? Hemsworth? Oh, the other one. The other one, though. Like, you know how there's the two love one? interests? The baby one who, who, like, slings flower bags. Oh, maybe that's yeah, in the Peta, book. Yeah, that's Peta. Peta. I don't remember what his, oh, like, real name is. I'm sorry, I think Peta. he's a Hem- Hemsworth. No. Uh, Hemsworth is the tall one. Isn't oh. he? I'm, you know what? Leave a comment okay. down below. Leave a comment. Be sure Let to us smash know. smash that su- subscribe yeah. button. Smash that subscribe. I'll try and look up Hunger yeah. Games. Yeah. I love the Hunger yeah. Games. Me too. She used to say that when she had makeout scenes with Peta or the Hemsworth, I'm sure, uh, she would eat a lot of garlic during lunch break and then she'd be like, bring it on. And they knew. She's just so fucking... What? I love that. What an absolute terror. I would love I to meet her one day. I know. I don't have the guts to do that, but I'm going to one day and I'm so excited. Um, okay. Will. 
Thank you, Ashley. Um, it's so it's written in the stars now. Um, so, okay. So I think it was this. Okay. So this June you posted, I was gonna say, I think it's this June, but I know it was June. You posted a okay. photo of you and Connor, your partner with the uh-huh. cutest caption. And I'm actually going to read it. Cause it was, it's just so typical Ashley of like typical Como Ashley Como fashion. That's like full of love and also perfectly written comedically. Like, that's just oh wow. you're so I'm perfect. nervous I don't know what you're gonna say oh really okay okay yes, don't yeah, worry yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll cut everything out that we ever talk about that we don't want it okay so <laughs> okay. you you were saying um so it was in June and you were saying quote happy pride lovelies I married a man I like women's and men's I am what my I am oh my god damn it damn it Vesper I am what one might call a homosexual end quote that's just so first of all Oh, fucking you fucking nailed it and everyone in the comments was like oh my god this is anyway homosexual is the most beautiful thing I've ever fucking heard in my life um and oh. I was wondering if you did you always know that you were attracted to men and did you always know that you were attracted to women oh girl you're gonna make me cry oh no um, in a bad in cry a good, or a good cry no no, no, if it was a bad, if it was a bad cry, I'd shut it down. I'm 36 okay, and too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> I care about you too much to ever want a bad cry anyway. No, no, okay. you, there is zero way you could facilitate a bad cry. And I might not. So oh, I could be edging okay. the audience for no reason. Um, um, so my mother, who I love very much, um, has mental illness. Um, she has just like a Mandarin buffet of fun, physical and mental ailments. And um, dealing with it through humor since 1984. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a shirt. Oh my god, that is amazing. Um, and in the 80s, obviously there was the AIDS crisis and the mm. HIV/AIDS scare, and and um, large amounts of gay men and gay people passed away. And there was a well, homophobia was rampant and mm. because gay culture was at the forefront because of this virus and no one quite understood it and everything. Um, oh, my God. Which vibes? My mom just texted me right now. Oh, Weird. my God. She knew. We, That's so She great. knew. She in, knew. in a dark time for her mm-hmm. um, that she has since passed and she's, she's um, she has a special place in my heart because with all of the trauma that she had in her past, she mm. was able to, you know, still venture forward and, and change. Change mm. is possible. Change, the only constant is change. So anyway, so this story isn't very becoming, which is why I really want to hit that home that she mm. has changed and, mm-hmm. um, and evolved. But growing up, it was one comment that my mother said one time mm. that I put into the feed of my DNA Yes. She just kind of flippantly said, there can only be one gay person in a family. Mm. Now, I understand that I am university and college educated, um, street smart, okay, intellectually, (laughs) a high EQ. (laughs) But up until probably three or four years ago, Mm-hmm. That was an authentic truth for me. Mm-hmm. And my brother is, is gay. He's queer. And um, and so I was like, oh, so then I can't be. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that fucking stupid? Well, no, you probably didn't even realize it was a truth. I mean, those become so, like you said, seated in your DNA. 
it's not a conscious thing that you walk around being like, oh yeah, uh, no, no, I don't like women because my brother's queer. Like that's not a thing you're, you know what I mean? Why would you ever say that? Yeah, 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 you're not, that's not up in the shallow end. That's the deep end where you're just like, you just operate based on that, you know? And looking back, Mm -hmm. thank you for validating that, firstly. Of course. Um, And and looking back, did I go in college to Ani DeFranco concerts by myself and flirt with everyone? Yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Did did, you know? Did I fall into certain stereotypes and and archetypes? Um, Yes, I did. Would I let myself feel the feelings that went along with that? No, Mm. I wouldn't. Mm. And so. Two, almost three years ago now, Connor and I eloped in a secret prank wedding and we wanted to, we understood that sometimes when people get married, they go to counseling before they get married Mm -hmm. to like, Hey, are there fundamental differences that we've never talked about before? And we weren't going to do that because we didn't want anybody to know. So Mm. we bought a book. Excuse me, I have indigestion right now. That's okay. Also, I burped oh. like five times because of this I drink, I swear. Okay. And I've been okay, like okay, trying good. to lean away. And one I think I got on recording. I was like, damn it, she's yes. talking about something beautiful and I'm burping nope. well. No, that's I feel life. you. I that feel is you. Life. That is the that's the that's the side effect of the Vesper. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Gotta burp up your prayers. <laughs> you have to. You gotta just get it out. Look at all this Jesus in our talk today. Uh you know, like, listen. Listen. Firstly, he wasn't white. Everyone deal with it. Secondly, um, you know, okay. So, we, <laughs> okay, so we bought yes. this you bought the bus we book. bought this book from Indigo. Yes, I'm from Brampton. Um, and <laughs> it was like, I don't know, 700 questions to ask before you get married or some shit like this. Oh, so fuck, I love answering. it. We start asking them. And some are like, do you want kids? And some are, what's your death plan? And some are what do you hate most about yourself? Just to make sure that we already knew this stuff, Mm -hmm. but to say it out loud to someone is quite powerful and it's quite Mm. different. And one of the questions that we would honestly flip through the book every day and be like, okay, stop and ask a question. And one of them was like, do you have any secrets that you're keeping from me? And Connor, God bless him. He's pretty much like Colin Firth from every old timey movie. He was like, no, I don't. (laughs) Um, And then I just burst into tears. And he's like, he's thinking, did I cheat on you? I'm like, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> yeah, he's thinking the word. Yeah, he's going. He's yeah. like, <laughs> he's going, oh, um, oh no, God. He's going, oh my um, God, you cheated on me with Hugh Grant. Oh my it, God, Renee Zellweger, it's over. This is yeah. it, Bridget Jones. Yeah. Be Bridget this Jones. Is Bridget Thank Jones you so much. Yes. Fucking love that movie so much. <laughs> Two is problematic in oh, it is. ways, and I'm so problematic. I'm so still okay with it. I'm a bad person. I'll um, acknowledge the pro- there's there's so many problems. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh huh. Fat shaming, misogyny. You know. Okay. Oh okay. God, everything. So, yeah. But I'm like I'm I'm Claire Danes ugly crying at this point, <laughs> and he's like, okay, you're scaring me. What's going yeah. on? And I say, um, I'm bisexual, and he goes, yeah, I know, and I go. And then he go. He panics. He's the sweetest yeah. soul. He's like, oh, uh, oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, do it again, do it again, do it again. I'm like, read you, read you, read you. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe all the snot off of your Claire Danes cry. 
legit. Uh. <laughs> and I go, I go, I'm bisexual. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like from Friends when Ross, I don't know if you're a F- Friends fan, when Ross is like, Rachel's pregnant and everybody knows before him. And so they're like, oh, oh my God, oh. that is new information. Oh. Yeah. They, they just, yeah. Oh my God. Bless Connor. Fuck. And he, he let me have like a coming out moment. And then yeah. eventually we, the Lusty Mannequins did a show in Guelph like two years ago now. And mm-hmm. I came out to my parents because they came to that show and they were like, okay. And my dad is so chill. He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, like we love you, obviously, no matter what. What does this mean? Are you leaving Connor? I'm like, no, my God, no. It just is something I need to say because it's part of me that I've kind of just deadened. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like living it. So now, like, listen, Connor and I aren't stupid. We're married, but we're not dead. We we can have crushes on each other, like, or or other people. And you're just like, oh, he's cute. She's cute. Whatever. And now I can be like, oh, she's cute. <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah, she is. I'm still getting used to this. And I'm like, yeah, great. Cool. Um, so it, it's been really nice. And um, I could be more than that in the term of, like, pansexual or, like, I, I have not yet um, found a, a trans person or a non-binary person that I'm like obsessed with or, mm-hmm. or crushing on, but bisexuality is also easier to explain to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the zone of where I'm sitting and mm-hmm. I get it. Like I, I feel weird too, because um, I'm straight passing mm-hmm. and I'm just acknowledging this and I didn't suffer the way um, my queer brothers, sisters, non-binary people, family suffered um externally internally Mm -hmm. yes externally no and um so I feel like I don't belong a little bit and it's not Mm -hmm. on them to make me belong or anything like that but Mm -hmm. but there is a bit of my imposter syndrome doesn't come from my job it comes from my identity where it's Mm -hmm. like you let that lie dead Mm -hmm. in you for so long and it was there the whole time screaming from beyond the grave so it was like, that's kind of, um, I always knew, but I was like, no, factually that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And to show like, to show you don't know what you don't know and to forgive yourself and be like, you believed your mom who didn't know at that time. And a kid mm-hmm. should believe their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, listen, me and my therapist are working through all of it. It's <laughs> fine. And, and I told, I told Connor, I'm like, listen, there's this comedian in the UK that I'm going to end up with if she'll have me and if you die first. And he's like, okay, okay, fine. Um, so She's on my list. It's happening. It's, wow. A what a, like, bed. what a weight. <laughs> flick your hair. I love that so much. Mine's too short to flick right now, but that flick. Also, you have <laughs> like did, the best. It, <laughs> just the back, like the John and Kate plus eight back part of it. Just sort of like, <laughs> like flaked a little bit it's so small it hardly goes past my uh headphones I mean that's fine my headphones are big it's fine it's whatever very chic it's very chic and Thank you. I appreciate your your hairdresser having your back for god knows what's coming right right yeah it's yeah. very nice I also yeah. wanted to get curtain bangs and she was like no honey we can't do that like with your hair because my hair is very straight and fine and she's Thank like it will look like two sticks beside your face it won't be the fun curtain It'll Which, look whatever. It'll look greasy. It'll look greasy. Mine will. Mine yeah, will. I mean, it'll look Even like. If it's... 
Even if it's, well, it'll look like instead of you hanging cute, like flowing curtains on your window, it'll be like you took two like broomsticks and you just put them on the side of your window. And like, nobody wants that. Yeah. Also, right, you right, just right. have the best like faces and eyebrow expression. Like you just yeah. give killer <laughs> looks, which you had given a look when you flicked your hair. And I was like, fucking right. Um, I think that's so beautiful. And what a gift of you to share for real. I know your face right now because I, I also would imagine, I mean, I don't, and I don't want to assume anything, but I, I also think like, maybe again, you know how I was saying, like we project things on other people and I'm like, oh, is she wondering about being on the podcast? Blah, blah. I was thinking when I saw that post, first of all, I was just like, oh my God, she's like, she's allowing herself to express herself in another way that's authentic that maybe she didn't feel she could before. Like, yes, it's like a piece of freedom, you know? And I was just so thrilled also just the caption was written perfectly I was like of course it is of course it's tv worthy captions like you're just naturally (laughs) fucking brilliant but I also was wondering the part that like my brain went to was what was there any sort of fear in posting about it publicly of being accepted because you've been in a monogamous heterosexual relationship for so long were you worried and this is where my brain goes of like were you worried that people, I, I feel like already bearing vulnerable parts of yourself or just, honestly, just true parts of yourself is scary for the, to do publicly, yeah, Sure, you know? And so to do something and be worried about critique and then I feel like I would worry would people judge me because I've been in a relationship with a man for 12 years, you know? Was there any bit of that fear or any of that? Um, yeah, of course. But Mm -hmm. what weighed heavier was Mm -hmm. the betrayal of the self, right? Like the biggest betrayal is not being your most authentic self. And my authentic self loves men and women Mm -hmm. and people. And um, I have a partner who celebrates that. And I, (laughs) this is how closeted I was. This is how much I believed this. We, Connor and I marched in pride before with the organization heterosexual heterosexuals for same-sex equality it was really important to me because you know humans but Mm. also like why not any other group like why Mm. this one you know and um it was just (laughs) so fucking denial (laughs) and then just to have him be like I know I was like in that moment it was like oh okay I've been Mm. lying not to anybody uh, intentionally except myself Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolute fear for, I'm straight presenting. I'm married a dude. I've never had penetrative or oral sex with a woman. Mm-hmm. So my stats aren't status quo, mm. but guess what? There's still a place for me yeah. because this is what it is. I love who I love. I wake up every day and I choose Connor. And if, and if either of us, well, this is a pact we made. If either of us wake up married or not, one day and we don't choose the other, we're either going to work our damnedest to fix it or we're going to leave. Mm. And, and if he dies or, or if we leave, you know, part of my heart isn't limited anymore. Mm. And just expressing that through like telling him, having him accept me, having him support me online or, or in our home. It doesn't have to be public. It's in our home. Having my friends see me as queer is important to me mm-hmm. um, because it's true. Um, you know, from literature to porn to feminist theory to all this stuff, I'm all over the place. And 
that's kind of who I am. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, there was definitely a fear. There is still a fear. I don't belong in the cool kids club, Mm -hmm. but I belong in my own club and that's pretty cool. I'm just trying to believe that it's cool. Oh, it's so fucking cool. I want to be in that club. That's so fucking You're in this cool. club. You're in this club. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. you're totally, as soon as it was like, yeah, but if, like, betrayal of self, like, 100%. It's just such a, I'm wondering, like, in that moment, you know, when you're flipping, you're, you're, which I also love that every day you would, like, flip through the book and pick a, pick a question. So mm-hmm. when you're doing that, how were you, how were you able to go from, um, like, kind of just not even being like conscious of yes I am bisexual to then in that moment being able to verbalize your answer to that question did it just come like from your gut of just like yeah this this is my answer because it it's like because it was asking about a secret it wasn't even asking about it wasn't a direct question I guess is what I'm wondering so did it just pop up or yeah how did that happen it was a wave it was like I said it out loud. He didn't have anything. And, and then he asked the question. So we always ask the question, like, I'll ask the question, you answer. You ask the question, I answer. So that it's not on any one person to, like, wrangle the situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he, and he asked it. I was like, you cannot enter this union in any lies. Mm-hmm. He knows everything else. He knows, like, when you were in your partnership and you kissed somebody else. He knows that. He knows when you don't like yourself. He knows that. He knows when you've been envious of projects that he's been in. He knows that. He's seen all of your ugly. This is beautiful and you still haven't said it out loud. And then it was like this like. (gasps) And then it came out in a really weird face. But to have him just kind of go like. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Like, of course. Was. um, There was. There's another moment. This is just gushing on Connor. Listen, he's not perfect either. Like, we're, we're human, right? But he's always, even now, even in COVID, where we're, we're both experiencing anxiety and uncertainty and death of people and fear, um, he's always, he never has to make room for me. It's always just assumed that I'm at the table. Oh my God, I'm going to cry now. Oh my God. (laughs) There was one time I was experiencing an anxiety attack and it was in a house that we lived in together and it was awful. It was a horrible house. It was a bachelor's shit. And I was having a panic attack and I was so embarrassed and I knew what it was, but I hadn't had many. This was maybe my second ever. And um, I struggle with anxiety for Mm. those who don't know. Um, And I was like, I'll take a shower. Because usually that like feeling of water will do it. Mm. Connecting with elements is really good for me personally. Putting my bare feet on the ground if I can do so or water or lighting a candle or some, mm. things like that. Um, and so I'm like in the shower, but I was in it. Like it had started and I was like in it before mm. I got to the water. So it was like too far, like too, the water needed to come earlier. Yeah. Earlier, earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was too and far in. I was... I was crying and I'm like, okay, just cry it out. Like, you're fine. You're fine. You're just taking a shower, wash yourself, and then just stay in here until you're done. I didn't realize the apartment was so small that he heard me. Oh. Um, and he came into the bathroom and he took his, it was a long time ago. It was a flip phone out of his pocket. <laughs> and I had like, I was sat crunched in the shower, just crying. Cause I, 
I was like, I don't want to drown in this fucking weird shower. <laughs> so I was like, sad, good instincts, crying. yeah, yeah, right, yeah, uh, always producing. Always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, walk away from the ledge. Like, okay, don't drown in here. Okay, great, don't drown, don't great. Drown. Okay, this is a um, good position. Yeah, this is it. Uh-huh. And he sat beside me in his clothes in the shower, and just sat beside me, held my hand, saw my body the way it was, crying, wet, naked, shivering. He sat in his clothes. And didn't leave my side, got me my towel. And I was like, oh, this person doesn't care about concepts like ugly or less than or imperfect. This person sees the potential for greatness in everyone. And oh I'm God, the luckiest. Anyway. Oh, my God. That's my partner. He's not perfect. He leaves tea bags in the sink. And I'm going to fucking kill him. And he chooses his <laughs> mouth open. Um, but... <laughs> After all that, fuck Connor for leaving tea bags and saying, "Oh my god, what a fucking gift!" But yeah, the bisexual thing mm-hmm. never phased him because he always saw it. <laughs> he sees it. He sees it all, and um, that really empowered me. I, I realized that privilege too to have somebody who sees you for as you are and loves you anyway. Um, but it gave me strength and then it just became this, it was a wave of heat and water, like boiling water that just came out of me that was like tears and also like vomitous dialogue. It was like, <gasps> because I, the secret was too painful to keep. Yeah. And so it broke the logic that was part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. So I was willing to look stupid or, or to have that challenged because you know, my mom was a kid when she had me. She didn't know. Mm-hmm. AIDS was scary. She didn't know. She had mental illness. She didn't know. Mm-hmm. But that one comment stuck with me my whole life. And then I don't blame her at all. No. This is not, no. you know, shit on her. She's amazing. No. Parents um, don't know what parents. I also, I don't, th- they don't, what are they supposed to do? Walk around and, and like know that every sentence they say could be a seed like they don't know no 100 exactly. percent. mama como we no we love you she no good. no yeah she good she, good. she, she good. great she good. yeah um but like yeah it was um <laughs> when i used to work at second cup in brampton shout out to the second cup at Highway hi second Board. cup oh hi <laughs> um i hated that job but i loved <laughs> shout out we hate you we hate you uh your iced coffees go. Um, there was this emo poet. This shows how old I am. This emo mm. poet who would come in and like get the paper, spread it out, and then write his poetry all around the crossword in the D section. And then put a hidden gem here or there in the support section amidst the stats as if we were only to find them. Oh, God. I was into it. I'm fucked. You know what I mean? I, part of me is like, this is either a person that I'm like, God, you're so obsessed with yourself. Or I'm like, oh my God, I love how like willing you are to follow your fun. Like I either hate them or I love them. Yeah. Love, same. Yeah. And I was 16. Very, very malleable at that point. Okay. So and we're I loving ripped them. out. Yeah. At this point, we're loving them. We're loving them. Okay. Mm-hmm. I ripped out a little quote that this person wrote and it said, mm-hmm. I want to get this right. If thought becomes too painful, action is the only course. And that's what I felt in this moment. It was like, I can't deny this anymore. I've always loved Lydia from Beetlejuice. Like, (laughs) it was like, boom. Oh, my God. 
So, you know what? Second cup poet, you did okay. Oh my God, snaps. When I, God, I take back everything negative I said about second cup poet. I love mm -hmm. second cup poet. Okay, great. Well, we love that line from second cup poet. They never tipped, so fuck them. Oh, okay. So fuck <laughs> this, but love the one quote. You know, this whole time I thought they worked there. They were a customer hiding shit. Oh, get mm -hmm. out. Get out. That is annoying. <laughs> oh my God. I thought they worked there. I'm like, oh, that's no. fun. Oh my God. No. You're not even, you're not even no. going to stick around to clean up the mess. Get out. Just put it in the fucking, just slide yeah. it to me on the desk. Like literally go across the parking lot at that mall to the end to go and buy a journal. I don't know. There we go. I will buy you a with, journal. Write it down. With all you spend on coffee, you could buy yourself a journal. Yeah. You're saving because you're not tipping. Although he I wanted do. the audience and I bit. And listen, we all bit. That, that is a beautiful fucking sentiment to take from this douchebag. And I will take it. And I will run with it. Wow. That is really... Listen, you know what? Maybe he's being so thoughtful in his poetry that just he lacks all thoughtfulness and consideration in his daily life. I mean, that's a full mm -hmm. assumption to make. We're going to take that back. Not his whole life, but he wasn't, he wasn't thoughtful in tipping because he was thoughtful in his poetry. That's beautiful. If thought is too painful, then action is the only solution. Course. Solution, I think course. Yes. No, yes. solution's yep. an ugly word to use. Course. God, there are so many bits of, of me talking to you, actually, that genuinely, like, I'll probably just send this episode to my therapist and be like, I made I'll probably send it to mine. Okay, great. I'm going to be like, she, I made, I don't have therapy next week. I'll probably just listen to this because this is, oh my God. Okay. I know I only have a few minutes with you. I want to do, um, so I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> we can go as long as you need. <laughs> well, I want to do some, um, you make the best faces. You just make me so happy. I sound so obsessive. Okay. We're going to not, we're going to filter <laughs> more. My God. I just think you're, you're so You're making wonderful. me turn fuchsia. Oh God, thank God. That'll be some validation on my end and my hands will be so sweaty. Okay. I want to do some rapid fire questions with you that like don't really oh. have much of it. They like sort of all over. Okay. 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 Should have done this sober. Go on. <laughs> okay. I mean, here, here I am like rapid fire and like there's still, a, I'm not like, what's your favorite fruit? Like here I am like, what's the truth about yourself that you never thought you'd believe? Like I'm like, whatever, my rapid fire. So I'm yeah, they're not. It's very Friday the thirteenth. I am it's on great. your wavelength. You are oh rapid. You are amazing. You are a goddamn goddess. You know that. I feel like I'm voguing. I love it so much. Okay, here we go. Okay, my first rapid fire question. Okay, in 2016, you described your style of comedy as quote. I don't know why I'm talking like this to stress it out. And I'm doing mannequin hands, like Barbie hands. I don't know why I'm doing that. It's so stressful. Okay, lusty mannequin. I'm gonna do mannequin hands. In the name of Lusty Mannequin. Okay. In 2016, you described your style of comedy as emotional, dark, mischievous. What three words would you describe, would you use to describe your comedy now? You can repeat if you want, if you need to. Okay. What three words would I use to describe my comedy now? Yeah. During COVID. No, just in general. Like this is a shitty time to ask you this. Oh, I would say emotional dark and mischievous I love it with a touch of activism so oh. put that in your pipe smoke that up mm -hmm. god that's a good answer okay fucking love it okay love it what is something about you that you think people often overlook 
my identity. They think I'm Carly Heffernan, Ashley Botting, or Dale Boyer. All women I love, but it's not me. Oh my God. But I will say, Alistair Forbes did say something very poignant about me, and he took the quote from Teddy Roosevelt, one of the former presidents of the United States. He said, Como, you know, people who see you see you, and those who don't underestimate you, because you walk quietly and with a big stick. And I'm like, Forbes, thank you. What is a big stick? Like, what what does that mean? It means I walk softly. Everyone can do what they're doing, and... Put yeah. all their stuff into the ether, and when it's my turn, whack, I'm here. <gasps> oh, I and I was like, "Love that! You allow space for other people, but when you know it's your turn, you will make it your turn." Fucking That's right! Wow, so good cool. advice, Alistair. Oh, and I Teddy Roosevelt that. and Teddy. Right, right, right. So sorry. Oh, oh my god, I give credit to the person <laughs> who said the quote, not even the fucking person who made it up. Also, oh it god. was about the naval attacks in some war, so I'm not sure if. I'm okay. translating it correctly, but that's okay. going to take it. Well, we are going to take it and we're going to misuse mm-hmm. it in a disrespect to possibly how they were originally using it. Because we're like, mm-hmm. maybe we don't agree with how they originally used it, but I agree with how he used it here. You, Thank you, you so, much. so, I think you are um, somebody like who does this the most out of it. I, I'm not phrasing this sentence. Like, I, like, yes, I know I've had some of this Vesper, but my God. Okay. Allowing space for other people I think that is like, if I asked everyone like, okay, what's the top three things that you feel about Ashley Como? I would bet money that 99% of the people, that would be one of their things that they would say. She allows space for other people. Like you just, oh. Well, it costs, it costs nothing and it's so valuable. Yes. See, look, and it's not even a big deal to you. Like this is how wonderful it, it, of a human it, being you are. When it's my turn, it's my turn. But when it's your turn, fuck yeah, it's your turn. Yes. Do you know how hard, like, I feel like it's so often like one or the other so far that like, oh, well, it's other people's turn. Like, I don't need a turn. I don't need a turn. Or it's like, it's my turn all the time. And having that balance, that mm-hmm. is, that is what you need because you should, neither, neither like polar opposite thing should exist. You were the very person who was talking. Um, I'm going to put it in different words, but mm. to run the diagnostic where it's like, listen, deciding whose turn it is or what's going on that's a very muddy process and Mm. most of the time has nothing to do with any of our decisions or what we can control Mm. but if you're running diagnostics and going is this mine Mm. no it's yours so so it's like it costs nothing and it's so valuable (laughs) to, to give space for everyone including yourself like it's taken me three decades to learn this, so I'm excited about it because I've just learned it. But, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, I just learned it are. from you. I'm learning a lot of this just for the first time with you in real time. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so fucking excited for tomorrow. <laughs> right? Friday the this 13th is, the is amazing. Yes, because now you're like, <sighs> oh, fuck. I'm, I'm having – I was gifted with this quiet because of my privilege, and now I'm trying to fucking learn – now I have, like, the gift of bettering myself, and now I can fucking do something. Yeah. I'm going to advocate for myself. And I'm yeah. not going to feel ashamed about it. And I'm going to advocate and listen and stand beside others. I'm going to use my elbows of privilege to help others because I've got it. So might as well use what you might got. Might as well fucking use what you got. And we're 
Yeah. And that's always used to talk about your boobs, I feel like. I feel like anyone I, ever told me that was always talking about my boobs. Maybe it is my boobs. My boobs take up space and I'll allow that space for other people. Whatever. I can use my maybe boobs Maybe a that. physical representation of what we all should do <laughs> for ourselves. Of my space. A hundred percent. Love my boobs. Okay. Okay. Rapid fire. Um, what's something creatively that you dream about doing? Creating my own show and employing um, all of my friends and a bunch of marginalized voices so that we can all have a fucking party and show the world what it could actually be. Oh my God, fucking love that. Um, Okay, what's the most important quality that you need a friend of yours to have? Loyalty, but not in the way you think. Not blind Mm -hmm. faith or loyalty. Somebody who's going to look you in the face and say, you're being a fucking asshole. Mm, Or somebody who's going to be like, I will compromise because I love you and I love myself and this isn't working. So we're going to compromise to figure out something that works for the both of us because we're both valuable. So loyalty and kindness, loyalty and kindness. Oh my God, I fucking love that. It, it, it also embodies truth and love, but I'm cheating. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. Okay. My last rapid fire question for you. When was the last time that you felt really proud of yourself or victorious personally outside of work? Outside of work. Outside of work. Listen, girl, we know you're fucking, you have so many fucking awesome things with work that I know about because online and stuff, I want to hear personal. (laughs) What is it? Also, because I feel like we hang our hat on like, I think success is so often our, our identity is so wrapped up, especially as artists, because it comes from our hearts. So then we wrap up all of our victories in career. So I want to know personal victory for you. A personal victory. I'm sorry, it's taking so long. <laughs> you take you take three hours if you want. Also, like I didn't send you these before. I probably should have. That wasn't very fair. No, nah, no. Nah. This you is take, good. This is raw. This is real. I love this. Also, this isn't live. You take as much time as you want. You take as much space. You take as much booby space as you want. <laughs> um, I'm really proud of myself for starting mm. the journey of believing I'm worthy to be here. I, you know, it's a lot of two steps forward, 17 steps back, Mm. but I'm trying to cognitively and emotionally and spiritually break the path of feeding what I know, which is comfortable and dark, but not as dark as it potentially could be. So, so going, hold on, this is shit. This is not how I treat others. Why am I doing this to myself again? And going, I'm still kind of in this phase of like taking the train track and going, no, we're over here. But I'm very proud that I've even recognized that that's how I felt mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. So. And that you're making, and that then there's the whole, that the whole other step of deciding, okay, I'm realizing this is where I am now. I'm actually going to, I'm going to shift it. And oh my God, I'm actually like trying to shift it. Like that's a huge, that's a huge fucking accomplishment and ongoing incredible effort like like just so much effort to do that fuck yeah you should be proud of that that's fucking awesome oh my god I'm pretty proud that's amazing because I, it yeah it in also the art of doing the art of shifting shakes out all of the imposters and the falsehoods whether it's mm-hmm. patterns or people or systems or um ideas that you've had about yourself or that you've let into your life it just kind of etch a sketches the whole fucking thing when you go no 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 I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of good things. Um, Coco Galore, one of your um, former guests on the show, was fucking amazing. Um, I ran into her at a party, a screening party, and she 
I was like, how are you? And she just went, you know, I took a break from social media and, and I realized that I have less fucks to give. And that does not mean that she's less caring. She's one of the most caring people I've ever met. She's an advocate. She's very passionate. But she she's choosing where to put those fucks now. And when she said that, she like punched open my heart in the most beautiful way. She's choosing where to give her fucks. That's such a great way of putting it. That's so true. Because you're right when it's like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, and every time someone says, I don't, in that way that I just said it, you're like, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, of course you it's do. that, of course. Like, well, you just basically said, like, I'm hurt, you know. But, but exactly how, you know, she said it and how you're saying it. It's like, no, I just... I care less about the things that I realize I truly don't actually care about. And so I have all that freed up space and energy to care about the things I actually care about. Like that's. Yeah. Oh. And everyone else at this party was kind of like buzzing and flitting about in this, like it seemed anxiety for me anyway. That's how I interpret it. But she was so grounded and she was so centered. And I'm just like, oh, you've done the work. Cool. I want that. I want to do the work. I was like, yeah. I want to do the work. It's going to be messy, but yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Work's going to be a lot of work, a lot of homework, but it's going to be great. I love homework. Love homework. I love rules. I love all that. Like you were saying, love grades. I love all love, that shit. Like love. I'm ready. I'm ready. Love. I'm ready. Okay. Just for fun. This is like a fun little question at the end is, um, so picture this COVID is gone. There is no health, health, health. I just said health. Oh my God. Like elf. Okay. Christmas is coming. Christmas um, is coming. Christmas is coming. As is winter, but as is Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So COVID is gone. Um, mm-hmm. The entertainment industry has opened up again and booming. And you are being offered, you're going to be a lead in your dream show that you're creating maybe. And you're going to do like a cute, sexy scene, whatever that means to you, with a celebrity of your choice. Mm-hmm. Who's it going to be? Can it be a threesome? Hundred percent. You're writing it. This is your show. You're the showrunner. If you want. Thank you so much. Hundred percent. This can be a twenty some. This can be whatever. This can be an orgy. It's whatever sexy scene you want. Just dealing with um, the <laughs> um, duality that shapes my life with the dead twin, with the bisexuality, with everything yeah. else, uh, with the adult child, with all that stuff. I would say I would go for Dev Patel from okay. Slumdog Millionaire. Yes. And. Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, my God. You've got, like, a little just happy, fun time. Cute, fun energy. Three gorgeous people. That is a great threesome choice. That's a great – you heard it here first. Okay, great. (laughs) Imagine when we're manifesting. It's happening. (laughs) I was – when I worked at TIFF, I was Dev's handler, and he was the most generous. He – had his screening of um, The Man Who Knew Infinity or something. I'm, I'm not sure what the movie was, but oh, okay. I don't yeah. believe he he had seen it. He had not seen it. And then he went in, did the intro, because at TIFF you have the fun privilege of seeing the actors sometimes and the directors and producers introduce the movies. And instead of going into the audience and sitting at Roy Thompson Hall and watching his film, he went back out with me and signed every single person's autograph oh. and took every single selfie and I'm like, that's somebody I want to be around. Yeah, that's someone who would be very giving in bed, you know? <gasps> I'm just thinking. That's pretty selfless. It is Into really it. great. Actually, you got me a job at TIFF, and it is really wonderful. 
when you see people who you're like, wow, you're actually, you're like, also, you're so talented. And I already knew that about you, but also you're, you seem like a wonderful person. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. great. I'm in your corner. What can I do to help? Yeah. Yeah. That's so wonderful. And the odd time you'll see the opposite of that, just to be a realist, where you're like, yeah. oh, you're so amazing. What the fuck is your <laughs> like, problem? I really want to believe you're amazing and you're making it really fucking difficult right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then for me, it hits me with, that's not what I want to be. Mm-mm. Yes. God, you're so good at just identifying these moments and being like, okay, I can learn from this. This is what I'm taking from it. I think that is such a wonderful quality. Like, wow. I I would say um, 90% of it does not happen in the moment. (laughs) And I save it for podcasts in the future. 100%. (laughs) That is so generous of you to save it for us so that we can learn too. Like God. 10%, 10% I can navigate, but 90% yeah. I'm like, I don't like this man. What an asshole. And then you're like, hey, don't say that about me. Right. I'll tell I'll tell you later who it was. Oh. Well, I'm even thinking of the mayor of Brampton, and you're like, all right, save this for at at you know, at 19, you're like, okay, save this for a podcast. I won't be too karma rageful. Save it for a podcast. Oh my God. That's so funny. Ashley, I could genuinely just talk to you forever and ever. I Thank you. I, I really have to tell you, you were actually my first female improv teacher ever. And I had already gone through like the whole program at Second City. I was already far into conservatory. I was actually wow. at a point where my um, agent at the time basically told me like, you really don't need to take any more improv classes for your resume. Like if you need the money, like please. And I was like, but I saw you uh, were teaching a class called Secrets and Lies and I was already a fan of yours and I was I don't even think I read the description I was like yep and then I read the description because I'm a type so I read it after in my head I already decided but you first of all the class was so fucking wonderful as I knew it would be like seeing you perform and just seeing you interact in the community at that point and then afterwards I was so hungry to um to be taught by a woman honestly that's just how I felt at that point because I would be doing shows and I I just some stuff I was just like I can't connect and afterwards I think that hunger uh really motivated me to just like bombard you with so many (laughs) questions afterwards and after class like you sat with me I'm gonna say for like maybe 30 minutes and just answered every question you never made me feel like I was a nuisance, which like you had a fucking day. Like I'm sure you had a schedule, like you had shit to do, but you never made me feel that way. And you still to this day, never make me feel like a nuisance. You always, you are the most open person to be like, (laughs) you just are like, you're just like, yeah, what can anything you can do to ever support or encourage me or anyone else I ever see or hear from. You are such a fucking pillar of this comedy community of the of of the entertainment community here like you are just such a pillar and you're also so fucking talented in everything you do that I feel so privileged to have a friendship with you and to have you oh my god I'm hitting my mic because I'm so excited to have you here as a guest and also as the finale of season one I just like I I feel so fucking grateful I'm gonna cry after we're done because I'm so happy tears because I'm just so happy that you're here well, that was a fucking soliloquy. I'm sorry. No, please. Are you kidding me? So long. Firstly, if if we're not elevating ourselves and others, we're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, you're my friend, and you are mm-hmm. such an amazing light, and you are such like a 
a trailblazer and a pioneer and an advocate for yourself and others, especially female identifying folks, that it's necessary because we don't fully have equality yet, especially in this intersectional lens where, you know, some areas have more, you're advocating for that change by amplifying voices. And that is so important. And thank you for doing that. And you're doing this at just 30. I can't wait for the next decade. Oh my God. I can't wait. I hope so. (laughs) It's so easy to be like, why wasn't I, you know, why, why didn't I get here emotionally or like self-growth? It's so easy to be like, God, why didn't I get here 10 years ago? It feels like everyone figured their shit out so much earlier than you. But, but I think that's the right thing is like, yeah, but I'm so fucking, it's like, it's Friday the 13th. Look how much I learned from you today. I'm so excited for tomorrow. (laughs) You know, I am. I think it's so great. And like, I learned so much from you as well. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it, it's very interesting. Something my therapist said, again, mm-hmm. a huge advocate for mental health for everyone. And don't just start when you've injured something. Start before. Because yeah. you wouldn't start working out after a car accident. You'd start out at any old time. So same with the old noggin. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say like, <laughs> you got here when you got here. Yeah. Who cares when it was? And I get it. I get it. Hindsight is 2020. And I'm just six and a half years older than you. I understand that. And I don't ever want to sound condescending or fucking twee or anything like that. But <laughs> Vespers. Um, but at the same time, like, ask yourself, this is what my therapist taught me. Mm. What serves you? What serves you? Because that same thing of like, Elevate yourself, elevate others. When you elevate yourself, by just doing that, you help so many people. And then with your heart and your brain and your kindness and your spirit, you are naturally going to give and spread and educate and enlighten and provide space and opportunity for others. So if you are strengthening yourself, you're just going to make it easier to help everyone. And you've always been doing that. You tell me one actor, non-union or union, who has come into the place that we used to work together and been like, ugh, Amanda, yikes. No, that's not the case. Everyone's like, it was my first gig. She made me feel so present. She calmed me right down. She gave me her time when she didn't have any to give. And like, also like, set your healthy boundaries and do what you need to do. But, (laughs) But also like, recognize that where you are today is because it took as long as it did to get yeah. there. Yeah. And to, to shame yourself for that isn't going to serve you. Yeah. Um, because well, you and, fucking did it. Well, yeah. And it's like, if I shame myself today for not being where whatever, you know, oh my God, why wasn't I here 10 years ago? Then in 10 years, I'm going to be like, why am I spending today shaming myself? Like you're just doing yeah. it over and over again anyway. You're like doing yes. the same thing you're complaining about. So it's like, well, you know, a great option is you just celebrate that you're here and you move forward and then you like, yeah. wow, look how much time I gained. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my and God. And thank you for doing this podcast. I hope that this is season one of many, if it isn't too taxing for you. <laughs> and um, I, uh, you know, my love to you and yours and, and oh stay safe God. and wear, you know, wear a mask and all the rest of it. Yes, please. Everybody, please wear a mask. Please, please, please. Mask it or casket. Think about it. Oh, you Dark heard it here fuck. from the from the prophet funeral director herself, from the from the emotional dark mischievous queen. You heard it here. 
I fucking, this sounds so kitty of me, but I fucking love when things rhyme and they hit home. And that was just a stop. Wait, did you make that? Mask it or casket because you care? Is that a bumper sticker? Is that a, just a sticker? What is that? It's a bumper sticker that my dear <gasps> friend Erin from the state sent me. I liked her Instagram and she said, what's your address? And I'm like, here it is. Mask it or casket. Mask it you love or a casket. Rhyme. <gasps> send me your address. I'll send you one. That's amazing. <laughs> she sent you like a million. She's like, here, <laughs> send them out everywhere. I love that. Oh my God, that's amazing. And that is so true. Take care of yourself and give a shit about others. Let's do that. Let's care a little what bit. What a concept. We're yeah. all children. <laughs> so novel. If you've learned nothing from this podcast, which is impossible with Ashley talking here, please <laughs> give a shit about other people and care about your and value yourself. You know? Value yourself. Value yourself. I mean, because... You know, RuPaul said it, and every everybody has a version of it where mm-hmm. it's like, you got to put on your mask first. How the hell are you going to, you know, all that stuff. All I don't know the stuff. full quote, but. I think it's how, how the hell are you going to love, how the hell are you going to love some, oh my God, I watch so much RuPaul. How the hell are you going to love that, somebody else if you can't love yourself? That's it. Yes. And <laughs> also, you did it, firstly. Thank you so much. Can I get an amen? There, amen. Amen. Um, there we go. There we go. Oh, amen, Vespers. Amen, Vespers. And now Ashley and I are going to sashay away. Away. What an ending. We'll see you for season two. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Hello, Amanda here, the host of the Liquid Courage podcast. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you so much for tuning in to the episode this week. This week is an extra special episode, actually, because it is the finale for season one. I set out to chat and connect with 30 artistic women for this first season, and I can't believe I've actually done it. I can't believe this is episode number 30. I know there are some people who have been listening along the whole way, every single episode. So to those people thank you. That's a lot of hours of listening to me talk, but your support means everything. And if this is the first episode of the Liquid Courage podcast that you're listening to, welcome. Thank you as well. And I hope that it won't be your last. Now, there may or may not be a fun bonus episode coming out next Wednesday. So to stay up to date on that or anything else with the podcast, or if you'd just like to connect with me, head to at Liquid Courage Podcast on Instagram or at Liquid C Podcast on Twitter. And as always, if you like what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and leave a review or a rating. It really helps me out and it banks you some good karma. All right. Well, until season two, thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care.